time. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Phil? Mad! Mad Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bing! But Phil's about to find out... He's not just stuck in Puxatawney. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck... <laughs> in Groundhog Day. I'm reliving the same day over and over. Bill? Ned Ryerson? Bang! Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. Well, it's Groundhog Day. Again? At first, he was a little anxious. Bill? What? Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? I'd say the chance of departure is 80%. But now, we could do whatever we want. <laughs> He's discovering the possibilities. Don't you worry about cholesterol? Why? And living life mm. like there's Phil? no tomorrow. Phil Connors! Ned! Because... I am an immortal. I have been stabbed, shot, burned, frozen, electrocuted. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. He's out of his gourd. But to get what his heart wants most... What are you looking for, Phil? A date for the weekend? ...means living this day over again <laughs> till he gets it right. Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry. <laughs> what a waste of time. I studied 19th century French poetry. You speak French. We. Bill Murray. Andy McDowell. To the groundhog. I always drink to world peace. Well, what should we drink to? I like to say a prayer and drink to world peace. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. He might be okay. has a funny way of repeating itself. What did you do today? All same, all same, all. Hi, welcome to our podcast, to all the rom-coms I've loved before. I'm Helia. And I'm Mary. And in this podcast, we discuss classic romantic comedies. We give a brief recap, followed by an assessment of the scenes, characters, and casting, then end the show with our favorite moments and lingering questions. So first, we'd like to acknowledge that this is a very special episode for multiple reasons. Very special. Um, for one, Mary and I are doing this in the same room. We're in Helio's house. We're in my house in Maryland, <laughs> but in the in the state that Mary now lives in. Number well, sort of. Sort I'm, in, of. I'm in DC, uh, and also we have a live audience. We have a live audience. Say hi, live audience. Hi. <laughs> it also just happens to be our previous guest. It's, it's also like it's COVID, so it's not a huge audience. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's, huge. We're not breaking. It's two people six feet apart. Yeah, we're we're not breaking any COVID laws. We're not getting arrested. We're not spreading COVID. <laughs> but the, the Calm final, yourselves. No one's it? getting sick here. What else is special? Yeah. So we also have a very special guest, and you know what? I'm gonna let Mary introduce this guest. Okay. This is someone I've seen a lot of rom-coms with. It's someone who is a very important person in my life. 
And it's someone who has actually listened to every episode of Tell the Rom-Coms I've Loved Literally Before. Literally a number, he is a number, number one, one fan. fan. And it's, it's my dad. Welcome, dad. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Not, not only am I number one fan, but now I've entered the arena of show business with you guys. So I'm very excited. <laughs> You're in show business now, kid. Dream come true. Welcome. Yeah, he's welcome. Seen, we love seen, you, Dad. He's seen. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to see how the sausage gets made. And uh, yeah, oh my, let's we'll see if you're still a fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, tell us some, you know, just a little bit of background on you, Dad. Obviously, I know, but for our, you know, viewers, um, just you and your relationship with rom-coms and with this podcast. So in general, I have not been a rom-com fan per se, but this particular movie that we are going to be discussing, drum roll, please, um, um, I am a huge fan of, and it is a rom-com. Okay, we're going to circle back to that. Is it a rom-com or not? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Let's but this is, I know you specifically requested this movie. You did. And, and actually, all... my co-residents were like, are you guys going to do Groundhog Day? And I'm like, wait, Groundhog Day is a rom-com? Yeah, that was, this was a movie that neither Mary or I had seen. So this is one where Tom is our, yeah, is the guest I, that had a I history I think I saw it a it. while ago, but I definitely didn't see the whole thing. I didn't think it was a rom-com. I did not think it was a rom-com. Yeah. Um, but you convinced us. So, Mary, why don't you give us a brief recap of the movie? Sure. So, uh, I think everyone at least knows the concept of this movie because it's such a big movie. It's transcended the lexicon. And, you know, you're doing something right with a movie if people are like, oh, I feel like I'm living Groundhog Day. But here's the, you know, kind of short um, synopsis. A cynical TV weatherman finds himself reliving the same day over and over again when he goes on location to the small town of Punxsutawney to film a report about their annual Groundhog Day. His predicament drives him to distraction until he sees a way of turning the situation to his advantage. Um, and this was a very well-reviewed movie. So, I mean, my dad's right about, you know, one thing. People do like this movie, even if they don't like rom-coms. Um, Roger Ebert actually gave it three out of four stars, and then he later upgraded his review to four out of four stars after viewing it again, which is kind of fitting considering the content of the oh, movie. Wow. Um, and it's often, what I found at least, it's often included in top 10 lists of all-time great rom-coms. So yeah, I mean, that kind of introduces the question of, is this a rom-com? Which all these critics, I mean, if they're in these top 10 movies. Yeah, Dad, why do you think it's a rom-com? Like, do you think that the relationship with her is the focal point of the movie with Rita? So I don't. However, originally, when Danny Rubin wrote the script, which was called The Time Machine, uh -huh. it was more of a scientific experiment. I heard it was like darker, like more sci-fi yeah. or something. Yes, more sci-fi, but Harold Ramis, the director, knew that a rom-com would be more marketable, mm -hmm. so he beefed up the Andy McDowell part specifically to make it into a rom-com, and so it eventually got there. I, I think how I was convinced it was a rom-com was, like, it's obviously it's a comedy, but then I was like, would there still be a story without the romantic right. aspect of it? Like, I, if you take out the romance, what do you have? Right. And at first I was like, well, you do have a story. It's this guy that's reliving the same day over and over again until you get to the point where it's like, no, until he learns how to be a good partner yeah. and gets this girl or this woman in a 
non-sleazy way. I, I agree with you. Because it's part of the redemption, yeah. I, I do I think believe that's what that's what's made it a rom-com. But she's not Correct. really a big part of the movie. I mean, it's an hour before he asks her anything about herself, yeah. right? It's a while. It's like not even clear to us if he finds her attractive. Like he tries to sleep with this <laughs> he other. He actually sleeps with another yeah, woman. He find her attractive He's like, look at this hokey lady who's like doing the, the weather, screen yeah. thing. Like she's just kind of a joke to him. He makes yeah. fun of the Groundhog Express. Yeah, he makes fun of her. He makes fun of her, and she also like. Um, I mean, he's not a. You don't look at Bill Murray, and you're like leading right. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like the he's like the goofy sidekick. Yeah, but. You know, so okay, so I think we're in agreement. It's a rom com. So okay, it's a rom com. So let's talk about our immediate reactions to the film. Uh, I can I go first? Yes. This is such a good 2020 movie because when I was watching it, I kept thinking, "Wow, we are living in Groundhog Day." Groundhog Day oh. is better as a movie. Mm-hmm. We're, we're living it now. Um, you know, living the same day over and over again, especially people that are working from home or working, you know, in quarantine. There's, they're not traveling, they're not going anywhere, they're not meeting new people. There's not a whole lot separating one day to the next. So I liked it. I thought it was more clever than it was laugh out loud funny. A lot yeah. of the, a lot of the film, there were one or two lines that I, I did laugh out loud, or probably more than two, but it wasn't like a ha 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 comedic film. It was very like dry and sarcastic and biting, which is sort of Bill Murray brand of humor. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my quick review Groundhog Day better as a film don't like living it don't like 2020 don't like living it at all <laughs> yeah what about you Tom what was your I, whole, I'm curious because uh, you're the one that's seen it before yeah the, you've so seen it the most what was times. your immediate reaction when you first saw it and then compare that yeah, with your you immediate reaction it? now 1993 I was three I guess when you saw it yeah yes I did see it in the theater <laughs> you okay. did on a date uh with mom yeah, uh, enjoyed it immensely then, um, probably without realizing I was a bit of a Bill Murray fan. I, I loved Caddyshack. And, uh, you know, and then uh, seeing it more recently, I, I was impressed with how well it held up. Yeah. yeah. And they, I don't think when they made it, they thought it was going to hold up for 25, 30 years, whatever it's been. I think now it's 20, 26. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's held up really well. And they did that on purpose. There's a lot that they purposefully tried to make seem timeless so that it could be yeah. rewatched. Uh, when, I, when I originally saw it, some of the deeper message went over me, which was the point. They intentionally did not want to preach to the audience. And yeah. I, thought that, I thought that was a great choice. And then, you know, hearing, reading about it, whatever, talking it over and then seeing more recently, I did see sort of the deeper parts of it. And this movie's deep. Yeah, it's deep. Can you give an example of something that went over your head before, but now like watching it as a more mature audience? <laughs> when I saw it, I just took it on a superficial level of the fun of it, if you will, yeah. just the jokes. And uh, it didn't completely hit me mm-hmm. to the extent that he had to grow or it didn't really hit me, maybe a reincarnation theme, however you want to look at it every yeah. time over and over. Um, so that part is, you know, I picked up and, and understood better later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my, my immediate reaction to it was kind of, I think you touched on this with the Bill Murray, but like my first experience with Bill Murray was What About Bob? Ah. And the whole comedy. Mine, I think, and was I, Space Jam. Yeah. Oh, Space yeah, Jam, yeah. Which and he's like, very, he's like very goofy. Okay. And I remember my first impression, like when I saw it was like, oh, wow, Bill Murray is like, 
not a great guy in this. Like he's not this like lovable guy. He's like a little curmudgeon yeah. and yeah. you just watch him grow. And that's I remember, his type. But I also remember thinking, I, was, I was also remember thinking like Andy McDowell's character, she's like, she just has not aged. She looked like the same. Like yeah. she looks the same as she did in Almost Fire, which was in the 80s. Yeah. Like, she just looked the same. Yeah, she looks um, the same. And I just thought that contrast Back he, 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 yeah, I just remembered that was my impression. I was like, wow, this is a much more, like, it was such a different role for Bill. Yeah, and he's, he said before it's his proudest. He thinks it's the best work he's done, and I would agree. Um, But also, I had the same feeling of like watching it in 2020 as Mary did, like, it's the same day over and over again. And like, I kind of, especially at some points of the movie, I actually started feeling like that anxiety Bill Murray was feeling. Mm. Like I could it's like feel it. Yeah, movie. I started yeah, feeling very claustrophobic. Like, it's the same people, it's the same scenes, it's the same set. It's like, what's happening? And I actually had to see, stop keeping count of how many times he's repeated I the same thing. I started keeping, and then I was like, oh my God, he was stuck in this thing yeah. for years. Yeah. It must have been years. You're right. I think it was supposed to be like 10 years. He's a, yeah. gee, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. What? So, I was thinking like three years. No, I think, well, maybe, but I think at least, at least that, yeah. That's insane, but I think 10 years makes more sense. What were you going to say, Dad? Um, I would tell you just to pick up on that point about how Bill Murray is, is uh, he was perfect for this role in the sense that he can both be kind of a jerk. Yes. And very authentic. Yes. Then be kind of, not kind of, but a very good guy and also be equally authentic. And that's a rare you you didn't totally lose the jerk no. like even him no. at the end of the movie he's still like yeah i don't know these old ladies you know he's kind of yeah. still kinda, be a wise guy but he can be yeah. a nice wise guy he's yeah. exactly yeah. he's a benign wise guy yeah he's a benign wise guy he gets a little more polished gets a little you know those edges soften yes i did appreciate a little bit of that lovable bill murray in like the beginning too where he's when yes. he's doing the weatherman and yes. he has so feels, and you can see how he put in his own but even that too. even that part you're like oh he's done this a million times like they've kind of already set up you know he's sort of feeling he he's feeling stuck in his life and it's like oh boy i'll yeah. show you stuck yeah you're never gonna get make it to february 3rd and he says like, this is the last this is the last ground yeah i'm doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's so funny. Interestingly, that first scene, which introduces the characters beautifully and it yes. sets up that Andy McDowell's character Reed is a nice person, that was not originally in there. In fact, originally the movie was to start in media res. So media res, I was going to say, yeah. In what? <laughs> it's Latin, but it's in the middle of everything. Oh. Like, you know, if you start a movie kind of like with them on the way to the groundhog, oh. yeah. And they, they thought I didn't know the that. audience would appreciate learning how he got to that point and then you need it. you need that scene yeah. it doesn't take that exactly. long but it sets, yeah. it, it, it sets it everything up. up it's like oh she's a good person he's not yeah they're thrown together he she's like out. very cute playing with the green screen and he's all talking about how he hate you can yes. just tell he hates his job and you he's can like tell he's miserable people. he thinks people watch this kind yeah. of segments are stupid yeah, yeah. but yet very talented yeah he's yeah, very he, talented yeah he captures you he's not right about the weather prediction yeah. but he's good yeah. <laughs> uh okay yeah um so do you what's what's your like icon, what do you guys think is the most iconic scene dad do you have one in mind uh, iconic i can tell you mine i've got some pass on that and then maybe yeah, come back yeah yeah, yeah so i just thought this the first snowball fight was cute you know with the kids 
and then how it kind of segues into yeah. them dancing together and they play that song and it's really romantic which doesn't happen for much of this movie yeah. but but that that time when you know eventually ends in her slap smacking him but i thought that scene was really cute and then i have to give kind of a shout out to the scene with the groundhog where he's um committing suicide <laughs> it was so dark it was stressful for sure but i was like okay this scene had me on the edge of my seat it even had some great dark comedy with you know, uh, Larry being like, oh, he's probably fine. And then fiery crash. <laughs> uh, probably not after that. You know? Like that scene was just, I thought was very like, uh, yeah, I agree with Helly. It was very dark. It was very, like all those series of suicides. <laughs> but it was also just was very like, watchable. And it was like him in the film. And he's like, oh, don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. You got to keep your eyes on the road. Like, it's just funny, right? Right, right. And the groundhog's I, expression. I was like, no, the ground, the ground well, I, was, I was just worried he was going to kill the groundhog. Yeah, well, he did. I, I mean, he did, but at least he killed himself with it. I was like, oh, okay, this was like a suicide together. Yeah, he just was like, you know, you have to kill the thing that's causing the loop, and maybe this is it. I mean, that's how crazy he got to, you know? What were you going to say, Deb? What do you the, think's the, your... The, do you, the two scenes that really stuck with me, yeah. I, didn't, I don't know if they qualify our, for iconic, but um, <laughs> again, the, actually that same, that don't, drag, don't Drive Angry scene had the same effect on me. I loved it. I laughed out loud. It was so funny. My daughter um, was in there. Um, you know, not, not bad for a quadruped. Corner your eyes. Corner your eyes. Don't drive angry. And you know, what was actually happening is the... Um, Groundhog literally was acting out on Bill Murray. Wait, what? You, so wait, I heard it was not a tree. It was a wild groundhog. To, this groundhog starts to climb over top of the stairwell. He's going out of control. Oh, no. And right after that, where they cut it, it, it literally bit Bill Murray. Oh, oh my gosh. It was not a trained, it was not a trained groundhog. It was a wild groundhog they caught in the woods of Illinois a few weeks before filming. <laughs> what? Are there trained groundhogs? Not how, in the yeah. Often how, how would you train a groundhog? Yeah. It was not he trained. Was, he was uh, ad libbing, don't drive angry, because he was actually literally trying to settle the groundhog <laughs> so down. That was one of my favorite lines. But that's the magic of Bill Murray. He's so he good. Was, he was good in that scene. He kept it cool. You wouldn't have known. And the, oh, and the other scene I liked when I saw it originally, and I still like it, was the, uh, the Chekhov uh, reference. And if I can do it for you briefly, I think I have it here. Oh, yeah. When uh, Chekhov saw the long winter, he saw yeah. winter bleak and dark and bereft of hope. Yet we know that winter is just another step in the cycle of life. But standing here among the people of Punxsutawney and basking in the warmth of their hearts and hearts, I couldn't imagine a better fate than a long and lustrous winter. From Punxsutawney, Phil Connors, so long. Good delivery. That's a very good delivery. Good delivery. Just a quick sidebar. I feel like I was there. Well, quick sidebar. I don't know if you know the museum in DC or yeah. some, or some, I think it was a museum, maybe it was another museum, but there was some like speech by Kennedy on a teleprompter and my dad like goes and starts reciting the speech what? at the exhibit and then next thing you know, there's a little bit of a crowd, <laughs> no part of the museum. people are listening and then he finishes the speech and he gets applause. That's amazing. And my dad was like, I felt like what it was like to be JFK. But yeah, so my dad, my dad can speak. Wow. Have you ever thought of acting? You could do <laughs> You could, definitely, you could definitely do like um what do they call it like uh, 
Like uh, when Dad No, I'm thinking about when you do like the historic reenactment. Oh yeah, yeah, Jefferson. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I did do Thomas Jefferson for my kids in third grade. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. Like, very okay. perceptive, Helia. Yeah, very perceptive. Yeah, she's yeah. good. They're like, you know, come in with questions. Thomas Jefferson's gonna come in. Da, da, da. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to my mom telling her about my day. I'm coming up with hard questions to stop Thomas Jefferson. My mom blew it. She was like, oh, you know, it's dad. Jefferson like, <laughs> 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 comes to school and it's my dad in period costume. Yeah, I feel like you could totally have like a, a, a yeah. second career with this. So I mean, the way, or like just acting on the side with. <laughs> I feel like I was there, like, watching the scene. Yeah, like, yeah. Just and that's from the last day, right? That's from the perfect that's day. That's the last from the perfect day. day. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Do you have any favorite scenes, Helga? So this is, like, a very small scene, but for some reason it, like, really stuck with me. And it's when he's sitting there on the wall and, like, just listing things as they're about to happen. Yeah. And then he steals the bag of money. Yeah, and he has that line. He's like, maybe God isn't omniscient. Maybe he's just been around the world. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that line. No one's perfect. I love that one. Yeah, he's so bored. He's just he's reciting just so, everything that's going to happen. Yeah. He knows everything about he knows everyone. everything about this town. It's, like, kind of crazy. And then he's able to, like... and I, But I think that I like that scene because it shows how... Uh, originally he was just using it for his advantage like he was using it to like sleep with a woman mm-hmm. and then he was we'll using it to that, get like I, I really did not like that no part. that was really no. gross and then he was using it to like you know just steal all this money and then um you know and then I don't know anything else like going like they was just and then yeah. I mean he was also using it to try and get to know Andy to use for that almost fake perfect day, yeah. like the perfect date, but it turned out it wasn't I'm jumping, a perfect I'm day. jumping ahead, but did you guys think that she kind of knew? There were some moments where she was like, I'm having deja vu, this feels like a setup. I was like, wait, she know, or at least have an inkling? She like, must have had some kind sometimes of Sometimes I thought she knew, and they or they tried to like hint at that she knew. Yeah, she may have had like an inkling, like she'd known him longer, she like there's a comfort with him. the only him. person that was kind of clued into the movie yeah. this yeah. I like the ice cream shop where she said about, uh, you know, do you believe in deja vu? And Bill Murray said, didn't you just ask me that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good line. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, the where he where he says, like, God's just been here the longest. And that he yeah, just has I mean, a series. That's, that's as overtly is, spiritual as it gets, but it's a very spiritual movie. And people from all religions like this like movie the, is what yeah. I read. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Because I think it gets out a lot about reincarnation and being a good person and being yeah. worthy of love and being a good, you know. And that's how you can break the cycle. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's interesting because... So he had, you know, you mentioned the snowball scene. Yeah. And then there's like this, he arranges, he like learns all this stuff about her and basically arranges this like perfect date to try and get in bed with her, but then doesn't succeed. And the day just starts over. It never succeeds. It never succeeds. And then it's not until he just like to his core becomes Mm -hmm. a better person and uses it to help the town and and like save people. You know, I, I mean, I stole this from the New York Times, but there's a line that they said where it was like, She's enlightened, so she can also see a good, recognize another good, enlightened person. Yeah. Mm. 
And she, when he's trying to, before that, when he, like, gets her on that date and is trying to sleep with her, she can, like, she, like, clues in on that. Yeah, like, he's like, trying to force her in. Very quick. She's like, we don't have to do this tonight. Like, why? Why? What's the rush? Yeah. It's, it's just, like, interesting seeing, but it's, like, a very gradual mm-hmm. change. I mean, it's amazing that the movie's, what, two hours long? Yeah, it's a long, for it's rom-com. A, it's, it's long. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid two it's hours. A lo- but it's, well, you have most movies that take place like days to years right in a span of two hours this is one where you're experiencing in two hours the same day over and over yeah, and again it's, it's kind of implied it's more growth than he could have if yeah. he did live the rest of his yeah. life like it takes more than probably however long he yeah. could live to to get that much growth yeah personally um but that's a good point make with the enlightenment yeah i mean i, I stole it from your times but i i you know i know but it makes sense I she is like she's just like so pure mm-hmm. and, and she can see it in someone else yeah um, and I think that's what happens at the end, personally. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we need to talk about this, because I think it's an obvious answer. Best use of song? I have my nomination, but I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. I think I have to go with the Sunny and Cher song. Sunny. It's so effective, the alarm clock song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hand in my, over and over. Yeah. Because, and I'll tell you why. When I make, I don't make a song I really love, yeah. My Alarm, because I grow to hate you that song. You end up hating it. Yeah, it is, I associate it with waking up. I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the last yeah, thing it's I want to hear. Be, it's it's got to be that. Like, and they use it so effectively, even to the point where they actually repeated the song and you thought it was the same day. Yeah. Like, you're just like, oh, no, say and share, two hours in, here we go. And uh, it's actually a different day. Yeah. But I, I thought, got, whoa, that song yeah, again. Yeah, but I love that. And then I did like the- yeah, Right, um, that, that is the iconic song. It's iconic though. song. You, you can't think of this movie without thinking of that yeah, Sunny and Cher yeah. song. But I also want to give like an honorable mention to the Ray Charles song, You Don't Know Me, which plays when they um, dance on the gazebo. And I remember that song because oh, I did a cover of it at my I best friend's wedding, that. which is another rom-com that we love at this podcast when she's running in the airport to meet Michael. Yeah. And I thought that was such a like nice romantic song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Sunny and Cher for me, what were you going to... What were you thinking, Dad, for nomination? So uh, back to what you were saying about the Sunny and Cher thing, you know, over and over. Yeah. I was in the uh, YMCA locker room one time, and I heard this guy talking, and he said, and this was years ago, he said, you know, uh, with a ringtone now, you can actually have your favorite song be your ringtone. But do you want it to be? And he said, after a while, it's not your favorite song anymore. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you can tell a marketer, you associate no, with right. calls you don't want to take. Um, to yeah. But I, I agree with you. The Ray Charles song was very poignant. And it, yes. And it, it, so I, I thought it played well. Um, another maybe honorable mention yes. I might put in uh, for is the, um, the song that the movie ended on. Yeah. Well, you. <clears throat> What a day this has been. Yes. What a rare oh mood I'm in. I forgot about yes. it when you said it's almost like being in love. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I found the beginning and ending songs to be a little too on the nose because the, the beginning song is like, won't you be my weatherman? Like, it's yeah, that one's not going to go. Yeah. Let's we'll nominate that one. We've nominated every song except for that one. That was not going to make it. <laughs> That one I knew my dad would. I knew my dad wouldn't like that. But yeah, but the uh, song they end well used. Well, well used. now I'm also like, hmm, these are good songs to add to the wedding playlist. This is on how yeah, it is. I'm like, my <laughs> mind's kind of going to like, I've been work. I've you been like paying it. Amazing person. Yeah, that would be so good. I know this is listeners. This is like so I'm planning a wedding right now. 
So of course everything has that filter. Yeah, that's on why it. we're together today. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like every time I hear something and Tom listening to you hear like hear listening mm-hmm. to you sing that song, I'm like, oh yeah that's a good one yeah that's everything like now I, I'm keeping my ears open yeah so these. you're gonna do tiebreaker what is the winning song I mean it has to be the sunny and Cher yeah one. I it think has so to too. be that's the so iconic too. one okay so we all three kind of agree and the, the sunny and Cher was in the original script that was in it from the beginning oh it was really? never got changed now he actually wanted to use the end where it is more repetitive but it, it ended up working the way it did. No, no that, that part of the song they used, I think, is perfect. Because yeah. it's just oh, yeah. like, it's so loud, and like you immediately know what it is, yeah. and you're like, oh, this song again. Like, yeah, I mean, I love that song, but then definitely towards the end of the movie, too, I was like, ugh. Right. And it was and only like, two hours. Was, Imagine exactly, doing that for 10 exactly. years. Like, I like that song, too. And then by the 10th time, you're like, oh, my God. And he can't yeah. change it. He yeah. can't change no, it. he can't. He can't change it. He's, he's stuck. stuck. Yeah, 6 a.m., he's hearing that song. Because he can't change it. Yeah. He can't, like, go back in time. Yeah, there's, like, three things certain in life. He Death, can't. taxes, and Sunny and Cher playing a song. Yes. He can't, like, he can't, like, tell himself, oh, don't set that before. No. And I don't know if you guys have heard of Palm Springs, this movie on Hulu. So there's, we'll talk about this, but there's been a ton of rip-offs of this movie. Really? A ton. Just every Christmas movie oh, ever. yeah. Christmas do-over, Christmas every day, 51st dates. Mindy, well, Mindy Kaling um, on her show, The Mindy Project, did an episode on Groundhog right. Day. That's yeah. So, yeah, so. But that was, like, very, I mean, it was odd, like, she's done, like, there'll be episode, different episodes that, like, do a spoof Yeah, so but, Palm Springs, they do very effectively but it's Andy Samberg and his girlfriend says wake up and it's a whisper and it's kind of sweet the first time you hear it and then it's just like menacing horrible because oh. then you know he's going to start the same day again oh. so yeah. there's a movie Happy Death Day oh yeah See, every, every time she does she has is, to like keep dying made in every genre I think like, yeah. literally every yeah, Happy Death. So I, I haven't seen, I haven't I, seen Palm Springs, but somebody told me I should watch Palm Springs before this podcast, but I didn't make it. No, yeah, Dad, you should. I have Hulu, so yeah. I'd be um, interested to hear what you have to say. So I think the next section you're going to school me on, but I do have some trivia for this movie um, that I thought was interesting. One we already touched on, which was that a live groundhog was used that wasn't trained. I thought this was an interesting note from the studio. They wanted to put a reason in of why Phil was forced to repeat the time loop, yes. which I think is kind of dumbing it down for the audience, right? What? How do you guys feel about that? No. They, what? Yeah, they made the right decision. Yeah, because it's like, it should be obvious what kind of person he is yeah. and what kind of person he becomes at the end. And I just don't think, I think audiences are smarter than that and studios yeah. don't give them enough credit no, in, gen- in general. In general. Like it works better not knowing. It, that, what do you think? Sometimes I think studios worry too much also about like, mark, like yeah. marketing yeah. things. Oh, like, yeah. oh, it's too complicated. It's definitely people. more, it was more effective on you had some angel or someone say, you're a bad friend. It's like, what does that accomplish? Yeah. Other than adding time to the movie. Yeah. And then this one, you guys probably already picked up on, but they, they loosely use the Kubler-Ross model in the five stages of grief, which are denial, oh, anger, bargaining, no, depression, and acceptance. He, you know, he goes through like this rainbow of like, okay, I'm, I'm invincible, I'm gonna do whatever I want, I'm depressed, how can I fix this? And then kind of eventually acceptance and just knowing he's gonna do a good day and do it again tomorrow and he's yeah. okay with that. And he's kind of reached nirvana in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I definitely didn't get okay, that. Okay, yeah, so I that's know, a, that good trivia. Sense. So that's good trivia. And then they scouted that's it. Like, that's interesting because he used anything and everything. 
actually think of this model in terms of like yeah dealing with grief or death but for him it was like it's kind of the death of his life it's kind of the death of his life though like he has no potential he has no nothing's moving forward for him like it is kind of a yeah. And at first he just doesn't believe it. Like the first few days you're kind of you're shocked along with him. You're like, what's happening here? Yeah. And you know, and it just happened can't... just as he was trying to move his life forward by moving to another right, town. Right, right. And now he's work. really stuck. And yeah, he's even more he now he understands what it really means to be stuck. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. If, and if then... I could if I could chime in uh, a little bit of the um denial was when he said boys are playing your tape. In other words, when they when he first was repeating the day, he thought, "Oh, they're playing a tape from yesterday." Right, right, and then he thinks the guy in the whole is wrong. Oh yeah. So that was yeah. the denial. And then when he threw um, that guy against the wall, the man in the hall. Right. He, uh, that was the anger. Right. And, the, and oh. the bargaining was when he said to Rita, "You know, slap me." You know, and he was a way yeah. of asking for help. And he had asked her and for an explanation, and she was like, "You're a producer. Produce something." <laughs> and the uh, and the depression, obviously, the committing of suicide. Yeah. Right, right. Um, Although I have to admit, like, you'd do that if, if you were, you, right? Like, you I have mean, to do that. You'd just be like, what's going to happen? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. I mean, at first I was like, whoa, that's a little scary. Like, what, if you don't, what if that day doesn't start again? Yeah, no, it got dark. I mean, it's like Happy Death Day. Like, it gets it dark. got dark, but they never got super dark in terms of having him commit a murder to somebody or torture wow. somebody. No, no. He never got that. They didn't cross that line. That's true. No, they, yeah. Unless you count the, the groundhog. Right, I mean, that's... Right. Well, Groundhog and, uh, and, and Phil Connors died, but the only person that died and stayed dead was the old man. Oh, man. Oh, that's We're going to talk about him. I have a whole... Oh, I want right. to talk about him. And he tried to save All right, great, him. great. We're going to talk about him, yeah. He tried to save Awesome. Him. I think that was a really... Oh, I guess... Oh, yeah, we'll talk about we'll him We'll talk later. about him, but yeah, I mean, we finished I was just going to say, like... I was thinking, I mean... Because he was using this day over and over again. Eventually, at first he's using it for selfish reasons, right. and eventually he goes to using it he's a to like person. improve I mean, improve the world. The but then I think he, he's in the beginning, and he ignores yeah. it right before he runs into Sandy Ryerson. That guy's in the beginning. Yeah, and then he like is using it to better the town. But then I think the thing with the old man passing is eventually he realizes there's certain things. He's that, not like, God, and he, not, he's not yeah. God. Exactly. I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. You Perfect. Know, yeah. Perfectly stated, Elliot. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you finished that because that's absolutely, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so another interesting tidbit, they scouted over 60 towns really? before before settling on Woodstock, Illinois, which they chose because they felt like it fit their Wait, time. wait, they didn't actually go to Puxatine? So, no, so I'm getting what? to it. So they were pissed, oh. they were pissed, and that's why they did the wild groundhog because they wouldn't let them use the real fill because Punxsutawney was like, why didn't they use us? So oh they didn't want to use the real film. Wait, so no, that was not Punxsutawney, but they chose it because of the timeless aesthetic. So it kind of actually reminds me of where where I'm from. Like really? there's a, there's a main street, and it looks the same now as it probably did in the, I don't know the 40s or something. Yeah, yeah. So Ricky's sister had actually been. So he's from Pennsylvania, and she'd been to um, Groundhog Day at Punxsutawney. Oh, she had? Yeah, she said it was a lot of fun. Yeah, my uncle is from Punxsutawney, but he never went until yeah. his aunt and his wife. Right? Really? Didn't Peggy make it, Bob? Right. Go? So like I never would go to this. I have some relatives from Punxsutawney, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my sister Peggy married Bob, who's from Punxsutawney. Um, people from there called Punxie. Um, oh, the, movie, the movie never did that because they didn't want to be too inside baseball. And uh, <laughs> in preparation for the podcast, I did actually talk to uh, Bob 
my brother-in-law and his sister, Julie, again, both residents originally from Punxsutawney. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I, I said, how was the movie different from the reality? And a couple things were number one, you know, in the movie, the residents were portrayed as Hicks and, and actually both, both of the people I was talking to, Bob and Julie are PhDs. So, you know, mm -hmm. hell, you, you, you can appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate and, that. We're not Hickey. <laughs> and, uh, and the second thing they said is that in the movie it's very small and stale but it's actually thousands of people i think and classic movies they have to exaggerate everything you know compared to pittsburgh they're hicks well, in this case yeah but the, the exaggeration there was the opposite just to keep it manageable but the final thing is that in the movie it works better for it to be in the town square but the reality is that gobbler's knob is a couple of miles outside of town Oh, oh, really? Gobbler's Knob is just fun oh, to say. Oh, that is fun to yes, say. Yes, yeah, you got to get that in there. Yeah, you got to keep Gobbler's Knob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During, uh, during the preparation, Phil, Bill Murray went to Punxsutawney, ate at a restaurant uh, that was fairly iconic, uh, Mackenzie's or Harry and Ruth's, and the waitress had no clue who he was. Classic. Really? Classic. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, I mean... I guess also they had to go with the small town because I mean, even if you live in the same town like 10 years mm -hmm. and we live that same day, it would still, the, the level of which he learned it. The small town makes it feel more claustrophobic. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, you are really trapped. It's not like living every day no, in New York. No, you know, no, you, I mean, you need a hundred years in New York. You can't know everyone and you can't go everywhere. I mean, imagine how many years you'd have to be stuck in the same day. Right, right. Yeah, so I think It'd be the, the small town added to the claustrophobia. Ooh, oh, what's this? Oh, wow. Thank you. Can I say hi to Mary's dad? Oh, yeah. Hi. So, um, are you guys drinking something? No, we're doing right, dessert. Mom brought us dessert. Oh, dessert, dessert. And a cup. And a cup. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> dad. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, yeah, we're doing this at my parents' house, so. And no, this is fully, oh, uh, this is fully, no commercial breaks. We're folks. just, we're eating dessert. We're eating dessert. <laughs> parents interrupting. <laughs> it happens. I so, asked my parents if they wanted to be part of the live studio audience, and they were like, nah. That's okay. So what were you, Dad, did you have more to say in terms of differences? Um, in terms of, uh, like I said, I thought the cups might have been liquid, but they're desserts. Yeah, um, I no. did try, just for the fun of it, ordering a uh, sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist. Oh, yeah. not, not a great drink. <laughs> but, but it was Harold Ramis's wife at that time's favorite drink. And he was just, it undrinkable? There's an inside joke kind of thing. Was it undrinkable? That's so funny. Well, it's not but that it's Harry, undrinkable. Harry it's just me. that it's more of an ingredient for a drink. It doesn't work as well as a standalone. Yeah, um, when you when you got it, Mary texted it to me. I was like, oh my gosh. But it, it, I, well, I'm here, even though you say that it's, it wasn't good, now I kind of want to try it. I feel like that's what yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was fun oh, ordering. And, and then I tried to follow up with the uh, Jim Bean where he holds his fingers this high and then like smaller high for rocks and even smaller for water it didn't, <laughs> translate, it didn't translate from the waitress to the bartender let me let me just leave it at that i'll get to this but i really like the bar scenes yeah, yes. the, bar yeah. Scenes yeah. Really the bartender was amazing when we talk about 
you know, nomination for Unsung Hero. Yes. Yeah, the bartender. The, the, the final thing I'll add is I did use the little line about, it always makes me think of Rome, the way the sun hits the buildings in the afternoon. You did not. What did yeah. they say? What did they say? They liked it. They laughed. I mean, it was just us. It was, you know, Mom, <laughs> Jen, Justin. So funny. Yeah. Oh my, well, uh, now that we're, but while we're eating desserts, I mm -hmm. can't help too, but also think about when he like took her for ice cream. Mm. And then she's like, oh, I'm not a. Or she's like, I hate fudge or something. I hate, yeah, I think he's oh, like, white oh, chocolate, gross. White chocolate, gross. And he's and like, like, got it, no white chocolate. Got, and then it's like, he's like remembering, like trying to memorize. She goes, I can't help but feel like you're. Taking notes on me. Yeah. Yeah, because he was. Yeah. It was so interesting. But yeah. Then the, and they take, um, then he takes her for ice cream. And then yeah, he learned what her drink was. Yeah, I know. I mean, the interesting thing Drink about to world me, peace. Here's to world peace. Yeah, oh, my to, oh she, she goes, I only cheers to yeah, no, That part was not intentional. Yes! That's under my nitpicks. Like, you know what was the awesome touch of that, though? When he what? said, here's to world peace, and then he goes, amen. And he just barely said the word, amen. Yeah. Oh, my God. I missed that, that touch was so perfect. That's funny. That's Bill Murray. So talented. Let me just jump in real quick with the uh, sure. variation of the bar question. Who, who is more responsible for the Patriots' success, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? And where I'm going with this is that who's more responsible for the su success of the movie, Harold Ramis, the director, or Bill Murray, the actor? Ooh. They might be different answers. Like one might be director and one might be Brady, but let me think. Um, I feel like you can't, you, like, the director has the, the vision, but the it has casting, to be carried. It could have gone wrong real quick. So yeah. I, yeah, Holly has got it, because. I, it's Bill Murray, he's the one that if you look takes at, it to the, yes. he, he gets yes. the touchdown. Go, going back to trivia, yes. to trivia, she's good, the analogies. If going back oh, to yeah. trivia, like, you can't have the wrong person cast, or this movie goes south very yeah. quickly. And actually, for casting what-ifs, Tom Hanks turned it down because he had the wherewithal to say, everyone knows I'm too nice of a guy. I'm going to get redemption. You needed someone like Bill Murray. I love Tom you Hanks. Sure. I love him. Tom Hanks. But he could worked. not have carried this movie. What it would not have worked. It would not be dark enough. It would well, not be Like bad. Tom Hanks said, because he went to the premiere, he said, everybody knows that I, I'm going to end up being nice. But with Bill Murray, you're not sure which way it's going to You don't know. You don't know. Back to, back to hell. He's also not an attractive guy. He's not as attractive as Tom Hanks. But back to Helia's other point. Got roll his eyes. You, know, you, know, you know what all the NFL players say when they're asked that question about Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady? NFL active players, not people in the media after a yeah. career. Yeah, what do they, they say? They say what you said, Helia. They Thank say you. it's Tom Brady. Yeah. They say you can have the best scheme in the world, but if you don't have somebody who can execute yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, tons of people are coachable. Yeah. Tons of people are coachable. You need that. You need that that Raw skill talent. to be able to carry it through. Otherwise, it's worth nothing. It doesn't matter unless it materializes. Then it's just all theory. You're right. When you're right, you're right. Yeah. There's nothing to add to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to like Rita and trivia, I'm glad they didn't go with this. Original possible ending was for her to be stuck in her on time loop. Oh, what? Yes. Which I think undercuts yeah. the entire message of the movie. 
And yeah. Danny Rubin yeah. had that as his original no, ending there's twist. No, there's no catharsis at the end for the audience if you do that. Right, so, right. But no, I they think were that, that, would, that would be like a horror movie. Yeah, it would. That would it's actually... Not, yeah, like different movies. Different. Ending, like different. But it's also, it'd be like the ending of like Inception where you like did that top fall. Did it right, not? Like right. what happened? Did and I just waste like, two hours of my life? Yeah. It, it would have been too, it would have been too clever by half. Yeah, I agree. Too much. Agreed. Any more trivia, Dad, you want to touch on? Um, I might say, let's see. Nothing that comes to mind right now, but if anything comes up, I'll say it. Oh, so will come up later, yeah. Well, we've kind of already talked about this with your question. Right. Um, this is a good, I think, transition point to talk about um, the characters. So uh -huh. we've you know, mentioned already Tom Hanks turned down the lead role. Uh, I mean, that shows you the talent that Tom Hanks has where he can recognize this is not my this is house. not yeah this is not something I can do some people think they can do everything yeah the Tom Hanks I mean but yeah no no what yeah David Fincher would be like sorry no, no sorry no no yeah and I think Tom Hanks he's he's been a director he's been a writer he's done all of these things so I'm really not surprised at all that he was capable of recognizing he, that. He knew, no way can I do this. So I think we accept that Bill Murray was the person for this role. He was. Yeah, yeah no, I like, agree. It was awesome. But, but it wasn't written for him, it sounds like. No, it no, it was already written. It was already written. Yeah, he had to audition for yeah. it. Danny Rubin just wrote this. He was more of a yeah. comedian than an actor, I think, at this oh, point. Correct, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. He was more of a comedian yeah, than no. a star. Right, right. Uh, and he was transitioning. Right. But what about, do you think Andy McDowell was perfect for Rita? Yeah, like, do you think anyone else could do Andy McDowell's role then? I thought she was very appealing. That's not, like, that's kind of mild praise, that's though. Mild. Yeah. yeah. I I'm mean, just that's shrugging. The, but that's the problem when you're, and I feel like- It wasn't was, as well, it, her part was probably more underwritten compared to yeah. the Bill Murray part, but this by is, being secondary. This character. is the problem, well, not the problem. This is, like, a, a interesting thing about acting, is mm -hmm. if I was an actor- or like it's an actress. Yeah. I would want the villainous roles. Like, let's be real. Bill Murray was like in a villainous role. And it, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a dynamic character. He a di because the the, it's the bad guys. That's a juicy role. He changed the Yeah, the bad guys are really the juicy roles here. Yeah, he, everyone else was mm. round. Like, he was a dynamic Yeah, character. and it's kind of takes me back to like with Mean Girls where... Right, um, Katie is like a, is like a kind of bland character. Yeah, and Rachel McAdams, who's definitely the more talented actress, my dad like, wanted seen the mean Regina, girls. wanted the Regina George character. Yeah, my dad's actually seen Mean Girls. He's a girl daddy. We saw yeah. theaters. Well, He's not only that, I saw, I saw Mean Girls with Mary. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, what what that's what I said. That's what I said. I said you, you, you we saw, saw it together. Oh my god! What was not your only, response? My favorite. Not only that, there was a mean girl from my middle school who saw the movie, and my dad and I were like, "Does she think she's Katie? <laughs> does she think she's Katie?" <laughs> something tells me she thought she was Katie. Oh my god! Do you remember that, Dad? But that was, is she the Katie yeah. that became after? Yeah, I, mean girl I won't say her name, but she was 100% the mean girl from my, oh my, my junior high. And I was That's like, oh, you're, so you're at Mean Girls. <laughs> All right, yeah, so this is, the time where, we're, this is we're inserting a digression here. Sorry. Our, we have to digress. We have to. But I'm curious what my favorite, all-time favorite line. So I have two mm -hmm. all-time favorite movie lines. One is okay. from The Princess Bride. I love that movie. Which is, uh, oh yeah, that one we gotta do. Uh, is um where he goes life is pain highness anyone that tells you otherwise is selling you something mm. all-time favorite my second all-time favorite movie lines from mean girls 
And I'm just curious what it was like for you, Tom. How old was how old was Mary at the time when you saw? How old were we? We were, we were like, like 16, we were like 15. 15. I think it was 2004, 2005. So you're with your like 15 year old daughter in the movie theater, and you hear this line. The burn book says that I'm not a virgin because I use a large tampon, but I can't help it that, I'm a, that I have a heavy flow oh, and a wide set vagina. My dad does not remember that one. There's no way. There's no way that made an impression on him. Am I right? I, 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 think, I think, Helia, you may have some acting chops as well, my friend. <laughs> Podcasters have been the acting chops. No, Mary would be the director. I, yeah, I am a director. You're the critic. Oh my God, you're the critic. <laughs> you're, you're right. right. Those are my all time favorite movie lines. I actually have a really bad so memory. Good, I have so a hard time line, remembering so these so things, but those two I remember. So many good lines in both of those movies that I would not predict that you chose either of them. Yeah. But yeah, those are good. That one was, I just, I saw that movie with my cousin and. Um, yeah. 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 We saw Mean Girls together. I mean, my dad and I have seen a lot of movies in theaters. That was like our Friday night thing. Aww. Like all of us. But That's yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. yeah my dad like, and I watched Westerns together. <laughs> 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 well, no, wait. Hell yeah. John Wayne or Clint Eastwood? Um, oh. oh, both. Yeah. yeah we watched both. Anything, anything that was on TV. Because we didn't have streaming. Oh, yeah. My dad. We watched, we watched the. Um, what was it? The not the hateful eight, the mag um, magnificent seven. Magnificent seven. And then he was like, when we we're putting it on, he went and put on his cowboy hat and like got a thing. Oh. With it was that so was funny. Was yeah. The original Yule Brenner, Steve McQueen one, or the more recent one? Oh, no, the Denzel recent one. one. We watched the uh, recent one. Yeah. The classic one had the old the Marlboro song. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Uh, it was, it was I think great. They put, they, they put in the classic one at the end of the new one. Oh. Yes, they, they threw that in because it's so iconic. Talk about icons. Oh, God. Oh, maybe we'll have a spinoff of what? We can have a spinoff of, of the, this podcast with Westerns. <laughs> I remember. I, That's why it's only my dad. <laughs> That's my dad. Uh, oh, my God. But speaking of Clint Eastwood, there was a little bit of homages to Clint Eastwood in Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah? Oh. Absolutely. Do you feel lucky? Does Phil feel lucky? Oh, yeah. Um, he was dressed as Clint Eastwood outside the movie theater with that oh, date. Oh, that's right. The delivery was really good, too. Does Phil feel lucky? Like, the way he said it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, he did dress up as him. Oh, my gosh. I forgot theater. about that. And I liked what he said. It was kind of meta, but he said, oh, yeah, I love this movie. I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. Like, like, they probably like Groundhog Day over, yeah. you know, like, over and over again. Yeah. That's really meta. That is yeah. meta. There's a lot now of people that mem memorize things. I mean, y'all are remembering things that I'm just like. Well, he's seen it more than yeah. once. You guys, yeah. though, you both compliment each other well, because Helia does better with visual, and Mary's more verbal. And well, where Bill Murray stands out is he does both simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. true. It's like his expressions with it. Yes. Like, yes. I mean, when you can, you, when he's like doing all those suicides, you can just see on his face, he's like giving up. He, yeah, he was gonna say that. You put the words out of my mouth. He just looks so bleak. Like he when he's dra so driving off with that groundhog. Ugh. Or when he's like he, he, falling off the building, he just steps off the building. Yeah. He is at his, he is at his deadpan best in this movie. Yeah. Yes, agreed. So but then, and then at the end, when he's like redeemed himself and entered that state of like 
enlightenment. It's you can so just believable. see there's this like very like peace look. Yes. Like, he's, like when he goes and catches that child and is like, all right. Yeah. I love when he's like, oh. you have never thanked me. I'll see you tomorrow. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like accepted it. He's not even like, oh, maybe. He's, he's not even doing these good things because he's recognized he has to be a good person. Yeah. And escape and it. He's just that. starting I to do that it. And it captures right, these right. So that, that, actually, that brings up another tidbit. This movie makes a very good use of something called ascending characters. And what that okay. means is somebody's an extra in one scene, but becomes an actual character in the next, or, oh. or, or the following scene. So, for example, the piano teachers who he asks, "Hey, what day is it?" She's rounding That's the right. That's right. I did recognize that. Yeah, and she's like, "Diner is uh, is the newlywed couple. The Kleisers are in the diner." Oh, that's and, right. Oh, something I didn't. And whatever the other guy's name that he hung out with, the, the three of them, was, was also in the diner. So they, they did a very good job of, uh, and then the kid that, going back to what you were saying, the kid that he caught was in the ER when he brought the dead guy in because oh. uh, he had broken his leg because oh. to catch him. Oh, I didn't notice thing. that. I did not. Very, oh my gosh. So yeah, very good. That's where the movie's so rewatchable. Yeah, oh, yeah, you make that. me want to rewatch it. Me that's, too. I mean, that's so much thought they put into it. It was very thoughtful. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, it was, also, it was like a, probably an extra too. I think yeah. she was like dancing in one of the scenes, yeah. and she, or she's in the diner. Or and then, but and then all these people end up culminating at this party. Right in his first Groundhog Day, he skipped. By the way, they really do have that Groundhog Ball in Punxsutawney. That's 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 real. That's funny. Groundhog yeah. Ball, like what? Oh and, and they have the inner circle. The moment where you hear the piano and you kind of know it's him, but then he's got the glasses on, the sunglasses. Oh, I love that. That was hilarious. Yeah. Right. Also, it's like imagine going to this piano teacher like I've never taken lessons. My like, mm -hmm. One of my favorite lines in the entire movie because he kept getting better and better and he kept doing the same thing of like oh this is my first lesson and you could see how you could get better and better that way because she's so good she can teach him at whatever level he's at but I loved when she was like you said this is your first lesson he said yeah but my father is a piano mover so. I know, but he could pull like that was a Bill ad-lib. Like, yeah, some of this, I feel like, guys, like it has to be, a, that sounds like Bill Murray. I, mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, like, you're around pianos, but you're not like, right? Yeah, my dad was a piano. My father was a piano mover, so. Oh my but he had a lot of that kind of thing. When he, So when he was, uh, one of the things that he and Harold Ramis, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, were butting heads during the making of this movie, and it actually really? ended their friendship. Oh, Whoa! Never Despite yes. Um, and we, we could speculate on why that happened, but where I'm going yeah. with this is that many times Harold Ramis would start to tell Bill Murray what nuance he wanted in this particular scene, and Bill Murray okay. would just cut him off and say, good Phil or bad Phil? Oh! Was he and, saying, and, like, Ramis was simple-minded, or just, like, get cut to the chase, or what, what, what do you think he meant by that? He meant that I'm tired of listening to you. I can handle it. Just give it to me short circuit. I don't wow. need all the details. His performance is more nuanced but, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, wow. Uh, anyway, back to what you were saying. When he's a good Phil, he was very good at being humble with lines like, you know, piano mover, 
uh, you know, get sharper teeth next time, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. Oh. But also, you kind of know this character. I, I, I'm not Murray, I, but you know this character has had all the time in the world to come up yeah. with those lines. Yes, yeah. I had the jack. I had the tire. Just, just be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't know why. I don't know why they like me so much. And I just kind of played it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but you mentioned... Dr. Phil, it's, it's an honorary title. Dr. Phil. Which reminds me, what did you think of... So let's talk real quick about Harold Ramis's cameo. What did you think about oh. him as the uh, neurologist? Oh, okay. That also took me out of the movie because they had like plain films and they were like, no two Yes, I, I, I agree. Like, <laughs> it did not add up. Here, Correct. Here's, here's one slice of a skull. <laughs> I was like, what? So he was saying all these things that he didn't have that you couldn't see on a plane film. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, you've been going to town for a C2 MRI. And then it's like, well, what did you just blow? Yeah. Like, yeah. No aneurysm, no mass, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. We're all doctors. That took me out but, of that. That said, it, there is a little bit of an Alfred Hitchcock to it, where Alfred Hitchcock would always make a cameo in his movies. Yes, yeah. some, some directors are like, John Favreau, and, I think he's like that. Yeah. To your point, Mary, to, uh, Mary, to your point about taking you out of the yeah. movie, because of that, Alfred Hitchcock started doing it very early in the movie, so people could not just look the whole time. Because right. so the, the later in the movie it is, the more effective you want yeah. everything to be. Yeah. yeah. But um, the other thing with Alfred Hitchcock that I always, I always remember him saying is that the day will come that we will not make movies. We'll just hook up electrodes to the brain to produce the emotions that the movies are producing. Who said that? Oh. Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, creepy, that's but creepy. Yeah, that's, that's some Black Mirror Hitchcock. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That is Alfred Hitchcock. Because we do, we watch movies to feel a certain way. You watch your rom com to feel good. But then why don't you just go out in the world and try and experience those? Well, I'm going to start having an existential crisis about my relationship with movies. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Doing this, I'm going to be like, oh my God, why do I watch movies if it's just for these emotions? I know. All right, let's see. All right, wait a second. We we, we may qualify as a highbrow show. We've already hit meta and existential. Well, let's what is that? Special episode. Well, what I was going, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard that before with like book um, characters. Now I can't remember if it was. Oh, you know what? I think it was Joe from Little Women. There was some book character I read where I was like, yeah, I was so tired of like, I feel like I read too much, and I'm not, I'm doing that instead of yeah. experiencing life. So you could make the same analogy with books, is yeah. what I'm saying. It's not just film media. Yeah, but that is some. I mean, that's some creepy. Yeah. Oof, Hitchcock. Yeah. I'm so creepy. Um, but with that, so but interesting thing with how, how you're saying the, the line though that I, I can't let go of with when he mm-hmm. saves a kid is he says, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, because he's going to say that. Like, that's like we talked about the five stages. That's exactly where he has acceptance. Yes. And you see that play out as acceptance. Yeah, and I feel like that is something that. I mean, not, maybe um, not dramatic as saving someone, but that's something that's like, yep, I'm going to have this interaction with you again tomorrow. And yeah, that's whatever. really hard well, because you can just be like, oh, who cares? This kid broke his arm because tomorrow he'll be fine again. Right, right. There's no consequence. Speaking of that, when he says to him, you've never thanked me. It, yeah. It, it's reminiscent of Ronald Reagan in his younger life when he was a lifeguard. He loved it. It was the perfect job for Ronald Reagan. He was up yeah. there on, yeah. the, on the thing. Everybody could look at him, admire him. He could be brave. But his only beef with the job was that when he did save people, they never thanked him. 
Maybe they were too overwhelmed. It's funny, yes, you say, it's funny you say this though, because uh, I remember one, one of my attendings was saying, his wife was saying people never thank their doctors. And he was like, oh, people thank me. And then she was like, do they? And he's like, oh, I guess not all the time. Yeah, like, this, this is making us, you know, all three of us are doctors. And it's like, they don't always thank you. I mean, the days, the thanks actually mean a lot to us yeah. because we don't get them that often. And it's often, like, they, it's like, and it's like they on us. Well, they don't have to. I mean, but it's nice to, you know, it's nice it's to nice. hear. I, I took it to mean more of like just him being, kind of, you know, these darn kids. Like, I thought it was more like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But it is like when yeah, like what he said in the snowball fight. Are you any of you up for adoption? <laughs> that was too far. Was sometimes it was like he's going too far to impress her, and that was one of those times. And then when yeah. then he tried to have that date <laughs> again and was like desperate, he's like, oh, look how much fun we're having. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> creeped out. That's I mean, where he cut like, that nuance. Oh, that's so I ended yes. up for adoption was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I want to get out of that. Yeah, that, that was funny. That was funny. It was like all breaking. That down. was like Michael Scott, you know, trying to impress women. So on his online dating site, his username is Kid Lover. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of that, Seinfeld had the perfect scenario, the perfect background when you're wanting to date a woman. It was George Costanza. His uh, his fiance had died. So whenever he met a new woman after that, you know, why aren't you with somebody? He would say, you know, my fiance died. And he said it was the perfect answer because he showed he could commit. He didn't break and, up with her. And it wasn't his fault that, he, that you know, she died. Oh my so gosh. he was like, it was the perfect line, and so to yeah, speak. What do you say to that? Yeah. Now, the only problem was actually it was his fault that she died because he bought the cheap envelopes with the bad... Toxic. I was, uh, was going to say, how do you know it wasn't as cold? Yeah, yeah, was when she licked the envelopes, that's why she died from the toxic exposure to it. Oh Wait, this is a part of Seinfeld. It's I do dark. Not, yeah. It's dark. I'm not assuming, I haven't seen that much Seinfeld. But I, I don't watch either. it much either. It was usually on After Friends, and after I watch <laughs> Friends. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Um, well, okay, with so the, yeah. what we were talking about before. So we're talking about characters. Char so yeah, I mean, we I mentioned how these like complicate, I think yeah. the complicated mean characters are fun to Phil. play. We talked about Phil, I think a lot. Yeah, but with Rita, I think it's just like anyone, like even though Anna McDowell's great and she fit that role like very cutesy, yes. but like I could see Meg Ryan doing that role. Totally. I think part of it, it's just that character, like it's really boring to Meg play Ryan, in a lightened Meg character. Ryan would actually have good chemistry because I feel like she'd be like, oh, you know, Grouch, like she'd be a good yeah. foil for him. Yeah. Um, I thought I just, I just generally, but yeah, I mean, I just generally think of that character, like, it's not so much, I'm not commenting on Annie McDowell's acting, it's, it's just that character. Anyone could do it. Anyone could do it. That character's not an exciting one because you're she's already person. there. If you're yeah. a good person, you can play that role. It's the but, same way what I have with, like, Superman and Batman. Like, I just like Batman a lot yeah. because he's, like, has this, like, complex, dark past. My parents were killed. Right, right, right. But with right. Superman, it's just, like, he's too good. Right. Too vanilla. He's too vanilla. Yeah, anyone yeah. can do it. Anyone can do it. Yeah. But back like, to the like Captain McDowell. America, I'm like, you're too, like, righteous. Yeah. It's like, there's not, you're not in that turmoil versus you have, like, I mean, Magneto's a villain, but it's, you can see, like, in his eyes, in Magneto's eyes, he's, mm -hmm. like, a hero. After I saw that movie, its first run, I thought Andy McDowell would have a better acting career than she I had. I know. Whatever happened to her? 
She was in four weddings and a funeral. Uh, but also early in her career. And that was, I think, her first yeah. role or one of her earliest roles. Mm -hmm. And then Cena was, um, she, was she was unfortunately involved with a movie that really was a, a big flop called Town and Country. Oh, um, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, I mean, very few people could survive that one. Yeah, I mean, she definitely did not have the career. And I will say this, and this is maybe just my opinion, but Hollywood is more chances for men than women. Like, yeah, in terms of true. every level, directors, actresses, producers, yeah. like, if you're in a flop or you don't prove your worth, like, you're kind of out. And men, yeah. they have so many chances to root. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, look at Meg Ryan. Like, she aged yeah, out she, of that role. She did something to her face. And then now no one touches her. Renee Zellweger. Yeah, people don't touch. But then you see, like, some of the... I mean, what's his, the guy who played the Godfather? Um, Al Pacino? No, not Al Pacino. He played the Marlon Godfather. Brando. Marlon Brando didn't particularly age well either, but look at him, he's yeah. playing the Godfather. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Well, and Robert played it well. Al Alec Baldwin. Well. Alec Baldwin has had so many chances. He's had so many chances. But speaking Tom, of Godfather. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Speaking of Godfather, the, um, I, I, I want to add that Groundhog Day has the, uh, merit of being a word that's become part of our lexicon. Groundhog Day is yeah. yeah. Just like The Godfather is yeah. an expression. True, and, true. You know, very, very few movies reach that point. Yeah, that takes some doing, and yeah. that's a status. Yeah. Where it becomes, it becomes like part of our culture. And like kids, yeah. it's part of our cultural tapestry. They still know yeah. what Groundhog Day means. Yeah. Yes. That's true. Where it's like, when we can't really find the word, it's, instead of saying like just describing this whole thing we just say i feel like i'm having a groundhog day yeah and everyone knows immediately that yeah. is. it is what it is yeah it's just it's so sad that it destroyed a friendship but i can't yeah, help but think of sad. so many too. It's a success. i wonder what it is because i mean the chili peppers their friendships got destroyed i think some people can't work together and stay friends it might be simple as that i i if i had to if i had to speculate i yeah, think Murray felt betrayed by Harold Ramis. I think he wanted the movie to go a different direction, maybe a little, God, it didn't. I a little mean. more moody, a little more provocative, which is where his career went after that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think, you know, Harold Ramis may have promised him just like he did to uh, Danny Rubin. He said, Danny, I love starting in the middle. We're not going to change a thing. And he did. Yeah, but his vision brought about probably better movies. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason the writer and the actor uh, are not the director. This, it's, right. I guess it's kind of like this guy put the movie before his relationships. Yes. And it paid yes. off. It paid off, but he lost the relationship. Yes, yes. And your art is going to outlive any relationship, yeah. really. I mean, yeah. this, is, yeah. this movie is preserved in the Library of Congress. Like, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing Yeah. Um... So, so I guess we can talk about like, you know, my dad doesn't want to do these questions, so we'll probably just do them real quick. But yeah, like, you, you, right, we, you guys got ways to spin it. It's fine. Yeah, I, I like, I think, I think I like, um, we'll, we'll just do a quick answer, but would we date the male lead? No. No. I mean, nah. <laughs> I, wouldn't no I wouldn't date Bill Murray. I would not date the, the male lead. I would not date Larry. I would not date Larry. Oh, Larry was so Hell good. Yeah. The actor is always in these like grimy Sorry. roles. Sorry. Hell yeah. Your, your quick note reminds me of something Howard Stern once said. Wait, what did she say? That, you know, he goes, women always told me that it was great that I was funny. 
But he said, you know what? At the end of the night, at the end of the party, I always saw him leaving with guys that look sexy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh. So yes, so yes. Also, I will say, you know who I was? Like, oh, he looked great at the And no one, Ricky, I was watching the movie. Wait, 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 let me guess, because there was someone I thought was cute. The newlywed, the husband? Yeah! Yes! Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> Do you know who that was? No. That was Michael Shannon. Take shelter. He's in The Shape of Water. He's in board. I mean, he's had a good career. Yeah, no, he's had a fantastic career, and he's like what, like twenty two in that. Yeah, he looks great. Wow. And that's it. He no, he aged. I think the thing is, he he let his acting evolve with his age too, because well, he tends to play these like like in The Shape of Water, he played this bad guy. In Man of Steel, he played a bad guy. But then he was in that movie Waco, I think, on Netflix. Okay. But yeah, I mean. I agree with what you're saying, Dad, the Howard Stern point, but also he's older than a typical rom-com leading man yeah. would be. And I actually looked up their ages. Let me see if I can find it. But he was like 45 in this movie. Like, he yeah. wasn't a spring chicken. And then I think Andy yeah. McDowell was 36. So it was kind of age-appropriate, you know, yeah. by Hollywood standards. But both of them were like older than typical rom-com engineer, which is fine. I mean, I'm sure we'll do yeah. something's got to give or something with even older leads. But, you know, he's not someone that you would kind of fantasize yeah. about up on the street. I mean, I was just, like, surprised that woman Nancy, like, slept with him because Me she, like, too. remembered his name. On, and then... I cannot believe that worked on her. I thought that whole part was so misogynistic. That was so misogynistic. Yeah, that was Remember, crazy. though, she was uh, bowled over by a celebrity. True, true. But you need to remember, this is another nitpicky, you need to remember someone asking you a problem. Even if you said yeah. no, you yeah. Remember, yeah. 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 Okay, so I, sorry, I was a little off. He was 43 and she was 75. I mean, that's still like... When the movie was made. So they're a little bit older than your stereotypical rom-com leads. But yeah, quick no. Would we be friends with Anne McDowell? Yes. 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 She was great. Yeah. yeah, she was so... She, she was kind of. Everyone, she was an upbeat lady. I like when she describes... Um, the groundhog, she goes, they're in the van, and she goes, he pokes his little head out, he looks yeah. around, and the yeah. look on, it's just very cute. That's very cute, and then I loved when he, you know, said, I love you, and she said, you don't even know me. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, go, girl, yes. Yeah. And Nancy was, like, the complete opposite, you know, it was well, like, he's like, let's get married. She's like, okay, you know, it's like, yeah. women are just so desperate for marriage, yeah. the first guy, he called her the wrong name, and the whole Nancy stuff strained credibility. It was like, yeah. no woman... I, I think, you, Dad, you make a good point about her being bowled over by the celebrity, but boy, did she let a lot go. Yeah. Um, Back to what you were saying, that scene where uh, Andy McDowell is describing in, in the van, you know, how cute it was, the groundhog coming out. There's an outtake, and Bill Murray says to Harold Ramis, are you a stylist or a director? So <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it captured a little bit of that tension on the, on the yeah. set. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Okay, so yeah, I mean, those are kind of easy, easy yes, easy no. Yeah. Um, um, and one other quick point about Michael Shannon, he reminds me of a younger Christopher Walken. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah. unique, they're quirky, they're attractive, um, you know, they don't fit the mold, and they work. Yeah. They work. They work as a character. You, you blink and you miss that that's him. 
mm. in Groundhog Day. And I, I mean, mm. I completely missed it. Ricky was the one who kind of goes, I think that was Michael Shannon. And I we don't rewinded. Know who Michael Shannon is. I guess I should. I probably do. I think you, yeah, you recognize, have, have you seen um, The Shape of Water? No. Oh, maybe you just haven't seen his yeah, movies. Yeah, I think I haven't yeah. seen his movies, but that's cool. But you saw Man of Steel. No? No, I haven't no. seen any of these. Um, so, okay, moving on, this is something I think we're all excited to talk about, and I want to hear you guys. Unsung Heroes, because this movie yeah. has a lot of small characters. I mean, this oh, is like, wow. yes. this is like a deep roster of Unsung Heroes. Um, yes, yes. This is a great discussion right here. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dad, you, you go first, Tom. So, um, I, I, uh, I thought, and I'll, I'll just go with who I ultimately decided on was the Ned Ryerson, Stephen Topolowski. Really? I was not going to guess that. Now, the other candidates I thought were the bartender because his reaction shots were so good. I put reaction shots in general do so much to make something funny or, or he make did, it. He did a lot with a small role. Yes. And yeah. also the old man in a strange yes. way. Yes. Yes. You said, you so said I, I certainly, but at the end of the day, let's put it this way. There's a reason that Stephen Topolowski was in the trailer. Mm-hmm. He was in the trailer. There's a reason he was in the uh, the recent, uh, just last year, Super Bowl ad spoof on Groundhog Day. I don't know if either of you saw that. No. Yeah, I, I think so. I'll have to look it up after this. They reprised it, and it was it was clever. Yeah. Um, but He's but really, also, if you think about it, he was a, a thread throughout the movie in a way that the other unsung characters were not. He was, yeah. He showed up at different um, parts, whether Phil met him on the street or it, not. In a way, I thought he was a good contrast between a ham who's annoying versus Bill Murray in his own way as a ham, but he's a good ham. Yeah. He knows how to attract attention in a way that makes it beloved rather than the way yeah. Ned Ryerson does. What do you think he the- added to the movie that he's your number one unsung hero? Well, Danny Rubin put it this way. I, I wrote those words, but I never saw it going that direction, you know, that strong. Yeah. Interesting. And he, he thought, he really thought in a way, you know, that actor had really made the most of what he had done. And even uh, Stephen Topolowski, he asked Harold Ramis, you know, am I over the top here? Yeah, because he was annoying. He was definitely he was annoying. Sandwich. He was annoying. Harold Ramis was like, you know, you're the seasoning. Bill Murray is the, uh, is the uh, main dish. It's okay to go over the top. Interesting. And Bill, and, and again, he was insecure about it, and he asked Bill Murray how it was, and Bill Murray said, "Yeah, no, it's funny. Go with it." So it was funny, so but it did, was yeah. What they did was they filmed every one of those right after each other, so oh, that they really? didn't have to move the people, move the set. So even though they were spliced different times in the movie, right. they did it right. Filmed and then even and then and at the end of that good day, at the end of this the the, uh, the Groundhog Day ball. When he, he saw him and he thought every policy in the world, you know, that kind of helped complete that. So that's, yes. those were my thoughts. That's kind of what I was thinking was even like, we're not as bad as that character was originally, like not even remotely close, but us. even I was like, yes, just kick him in the balls, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's very and hard. I, I liked when he was like, kind of came on to him and he was like, okay, yeah. bye. That was funny. I mean, that was, he's just like they, really easy to want to troll a guy yeah, like that. But the fact that when he got, you know, that he reached true 
like that nirvana, nirvana if you will because yeah, when he was good. able to just like be a good guy yeah, to this guy that's really, very he, hard to be good he, to him. under your skin he was annoying and we've all i think had this time of some example that's where you run into someone you absolutely do not want to run into mm-hmm. or talk to mm-hmm. and they make it the, just the most painful thing in the world Ugh. and and then but, just be able to be genuinely nice yeah, to them yeah. and do something good for them like because he yeah he was so annoying and over the top it was transitional. It's funny when Bill Murray hugged him and said, "Can you call in sick?" <laughs> that was funny. And he, and he and Bill Murray told Stephen Tobolowsky, "I'm going to vamp here. Just go with it." And you yeah, know, that it's was safe. not a script. Oh, that's like, so that was I'm going to the la- the very last scene where he does buy all the policies or you know and that's the one time Andy McDowell's character Rita is not nice and she you know he says about you know getting together the three of them and she goes oh no let's not spoil it yeah, so, yeah. that is the, the one time, time she's not nice the only time she's not nice because she just loves Bill Murray so much at that point yeah. I mean, and that other guy is very He's annoying, so annoying. So yeah I, and I think that part was relatable because you definitely understand. There's a German word, I forget how, what it is, but there's a word in German, her face you want to punch. <laughs> it's Sandy Ryerson. There's a quote, I think uh, it's from, I forgot who it's from, but it says like everyone, everyone makes, everyone has a capability of making people in a room smile when they walk through the door. Some it's when they enter and some it's when they exit. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Yes. That's uh, um, what about you, Halea, Unsung Heroes? And did you guys mention Larry? No, I wasn't I going to Larry. Larry. I think he's, he's so like put upon. I feel bad for Yeah, him. I mean yeah. at the beginning he's like he's I mean that actor is so funny and he he, funny. he tends to play these like what did you call him? Like he's like grime, smarmy. Smarmy yeah. characters. Or grimy. Grimy. He's like in Shits Creek and he plays this like grimy mayor. <laughs> And then, but it's in this case, it was also, it's interesting to see, he was like this camera guy and he's like, come on, Phil, like, this is cute. Like, try and enjoy he this. He had one of my favorite lines and he when Phil was crazy. He's out of his gourd. I was, <laughs> my, my friend Chad says that all, I, he used to say that a lot. Like, is this person out of their gourd? Or, I, they're just, that, that line is never not funny. So good. And he like, you know, every year he deals with Phil's curmudgeonness and he's like, all right, let's go. And then um I loved when he got in the pastry and the coffee. He was so excited about it. So That's very great. I know he just has this like genuine aspect to it. And I mean he he drove him there and then they had the the storm. Yeah. And then I thought it was also cute because um then you see that Phil's like lonely too. And I'm like, what about Phil's woman? Mm-hmm. He had no, like, Larry, no one was interested in Larry. No one was interested in There was no time Larry. loop where Nancy was, was going to end up with yeah. Larry. Like, he just didn't have Phil's looks. But then, as, then he kind of had an opposite direction, whereas as Phil got, he got like, nicer, Larry got worse. And this is a fake deal. Yes, I agree. Yeah, all that stuff well, at the end. Larry, Larry, got yeah, Larry got exposed. Larry got worse. He got what? Yeah. He got exposed. Yeah, that's right. Larry yeah. got oh, exposed. He didn't have the power. He had to be humble. Yeah. yeah, there's like a term. I think it's on Reddit too. It's like Reddit nice guy or nice guys. But it's like guys who seem like they're nice guys, they're not nice guys. Yeah. that's a thing. I think that's what Larry was, that's and like was. it was interesting because as like Phil, Phil, I guess transcended um, to enlightenment. Like we see that Larry, like yeah. he surpassed. He Larry. is funny though. He's so funny. He's I love so the funny. I love the bidding scene. 
Oh, and yeah. He auctions himself off, and it's the old lady, and she's like, I got him! And he looks, <laughs> he looks and sees who it is. He's like, oh, what? <laughs> the bidding scene is so good! The bidding scene's really good. She's like, a dollar! Yeah. It was like 25 cents. Was like, okay. 25 cents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my the, uh, the German word back, Pfeifenscheit, uh, a face badly in need of a fist. Yes, 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 yes. That one's so, so good. So, yeah, it's funny, Dad. This is where we definitely think alike because my two unsung heroes were the other two people you named. And I didn't think mm. anyone was going to bring up the bartender. But the old man, the only time the, the movie, old man. only time the movie I cried was when they cut ahead to him drinking the soup. And he's just so grateful. Oh, it's like, just so Because you know sweet. he's going to die and there's nothing that Phil can do about it. And this kind of reminded me of a, something I, so I, you know, it's actually in the movie Hercules too, but this is one of the few accurate things in that movie. And I know this because I did classical studies yeah. and I, I know some, you know, some things about the Greeks. The Greeks believed that when you were born, the fates cut a string and that was going to be the length of your life. And there was absolutely nothing you could do to change, you know, the day you were yeah. going to die, the length of your life. It was predetermined. It was predestined by the fates. So, you know, Phil, he had, learns this the hard way, but you can't really change yeah. how long you're going to live. And I just, I thought that was a really interesting message. I thought there was a lot of, you know, uh, compassion on his yeah. part, you know, feeding him, knowing. And at least have like a really nice last day. Yeah. So this man's like last yeah. day is yeah. spent and they didn't really show experiencing him. compassion. I couldn't tell. I don't know if they showed him on his last day, if that was the same day as when he fed him, probably was. But yeah, it was like, you may as well kind of, do a nice thing for them because this is their last day and he had nobody yeah. and I thought that was really nice and then I have to of course on a lighter note shout out the bartender because again like I agree with my you know I don't need to repeat what my dad said but he did a lot with very little yeah. facial expressions and I thought in a way and I don't know if this is intentional or not maybe it's supposed to be but subtle he was kind of like a being a bartender is a little bit like Groundhog Day because yes. there's not a scenario no. you haven't seen play yeah. out. You've seen the guy hit on the woman who's not interested. You've yeah. seen people who are interested go home together. Yeah. Like you kind of know what's going to happen before yes. they do because you you can read the body language, you can see the cues, and yes. like you know the world peace scene. He's like, okay, you know, he's showing yeah. off for her, and he doesn't really even need to know that. And then it's with, almost like without without literally experiencing that day over and over right, again, he right. can already predict. Just a perfect read of situation. He's, he's predicting everything you know, that's going to happen. Larry kind of lamely hitting on Nancy. Yeah. That's not going to go anywhere. So he always had an accurate read of the situation because he'd seen it all before. And I thought that was a good parallel. Our, yeah, he has his Phil's own. He has his own Groundhog Day. That is the bar. Right. Right. Speaking exactly. Of, speaking of that scene, originally. Danny Rubin, the screenwriter, did not have that going to the Bill Murray character of, you know, repeating world peace, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But Harold Ramis says, whenever you have something like that, you always feed it to the main character. Mm -hmm. And it just works better that way instead of yeah. diluting it off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the movie Moneyball, I read the book and saw the movie, and I could see where Brad Pitt took all the good stuff for himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens yeah. when you produce and star. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they take but I mean I can see why why though it's you don't want to dilute it like you said and then it gets lost. And the uh in the compassion like, I don't know if it's a morally good one, but I guess if it's like oh you, if it's a really good line. Yeah. And then I liked when like you said about him feeding the uh, old man where uh yeah, he was so like, nice. oh, it's hard to get the soup at the bottom. Yeah, yeah here you go. Oh, that, and then, that really touched me. 
And also, when like you looked at his body language when he first rounded the corner and didn't give him money, but he pretended like he was digging yeah. for money just to be yeah. yeah. So again, that's we've, all, we've all done that. I, mean, I think we've all seen someone who was asking yeah. the panhandler and say, "Oh, I don't have anything." When yeah. you do, yeah. you don't want to engage. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I guess so. Moving on. Next well, week. Well, have... Who did who did you like, Kelly? She I said, said Larry. She, she said Larry. Oh, Larry's yeah, my yeah. unsung hero. No, he's really yeah. unsung. You didn't even. Saturday Night Live together. Yeah. yeah. And actually, his daughter was too, Abby Elliott. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 And the waitress. But yeah, no, it was true. And in a way, you need oh, somebody waitress, to play yeah. off of. And, and you, you, it's hard to tell how much effect that that has on Bill Murray to make him yeah. better. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say he's so unsung, you forgot we went over. <laughs> he's so unsung. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs> so, but it's um, I mean, like like you're saying, it's he. I think the way that he he is in that middle place where he's not so bad because he kind of tells Bill, like, "Come on, this isn't too but, bad." But, you but can then see, later, you can see a world where he gets his own yeah, because yeah. he has some work to do. He definitely yeah. has. Like he's trying to get with Nancy um okay so let's our next thing is about the bechdel test oh my god yeah. did this movie pass the oh bechdel my god. test not, even, very, close. not even close <laughs> god you took it's like you have my outline i know you don't it's as if he raised you the best line of the podcast that good you're tough you're tough competition you gotta bring your A game, Dad. Hey, yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, so my dad said yeah. not close. I said no way. No. Um, I don't even think they had two women in the same scene, I, unless you count the old ladies talking about their car. But even that scene, the flat tire, Bill Murray's under the car. Yeah. Um. No. I mean. And then I think they just end up talking about Bill Murray. No. Nancy and Rita never talk. No. Like nothing. This is not a movie. It's not a movie for, for feminists. Yeah, this no. is not a movie that you would play in your feminine women's history or feminism it, it class. It falls under a large category of movies, and I would include like rom coms and also just rom yeah. roms um, in it, like One Day and Family Man, yeah. where it is a man who has to be better because a woman is so much better for like she's yeah. just too good of a person. Yeah. He's not that good of a person. But one would argue that that's a little bit like anti-feminine or whatever you call it because it's like this whole concept of like idealizing the woman mm -hmm. and she's like too good or whatever that's not fair to anyone yeah yeah no I mean she's like putting him on a pedestal, pedestal yes. is like not right yeah to women. yeah but I, I think sex, it's like I mean, it's sexism it's Bill Murray's movie the only major character that's a woman is really Andy McDowell yeah and she's not she doesn't talk to any other women the entire no. movie so yeah no no so I would not play that if I was to run a, a feminism course, this and, movie would not well, be in it. So spinning off of that, the Nancy Taylor stuff is oh, yeah. horrible. Like, oh, how did that work? How did she, you know, think that she knew him? How did she want to marry him after one day? Like, yeah, nah, just give her more credit than that. I yeah. thought that character was just not good. And I, I could have uh, done with, I could have done without it, to be yeah. honest. We didn't, we didn't need that part. Yeah, it was I don't think that nervous. part was necessary. No. I think he just wanted to be able to make out with a hot. <laughs> I mean, that's don't rule that out. That's possible. All right, what about tropes? What were some like tropes that we saw happening? So I know you're not the biggest fan of rom coms, Dad, but you know, like 
there's tons of rom-com tropes, whether it's meet cute or just, you know, some kind of device that they use more than so once. So they didn't have a meet cute. They didn't. They already they knew each other. They did not have a meet cute. They already knew. This was like the most time they spent together, but they, did, they already yeah. knew each other. I said like the lead's not getting along at first. That yeah. always is the case. Like they're kind of at odds and, you know, things come full circle. This goes back to like screwball, screwball comedies with the slap. The oh, yeah, smacking the um, and you know, we already hinted at this, but the man not deserving the woman yeah. um, and some of the meta stuff. Uh, but yeah, not actually a ton of tropes, which makes no. this a better movie I for think, it. I think the fact that it didn't have a lot of tropes is what made us wonder, like, is this a rom-com? And we really had to think about it, it and realize same, it was. It wasn't the same comforting formula of rom-coms no. where they sort of meet, they they fall for each other, they have an obstacle. This the whole movie was kind of an obstacle. Yeah, like, he really was never with her. If it didn't create the trope, it certainly popularized the trope mm-hmm. of uh, the time loop. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's a rom-com, it's just a general movie trope. Not a trope when it hasn't yet become repetitive. I think it was the first one, or at least the yeah. first popular one. Yeah. No, I agree. And like the whole, um, I'm trying to think of like, I mean, they didn't have a meet cute. No. But I think... I guess the part where it was, I don't know if you call this trope, but like the theme and ultimately what ended up putting it in the rom-com category Mm -hmm. is, is that it was the love story that led him to redemption. Yeah. So we can talk about that because I I was going to ask you guys some unanswerable questions. Like, why do you think he got out when he did? And like, why did it take that to get out? But the fact that that was the crux of his redemption, like that, that he got her to spend the night yeah. with him. Yes, not just not just fall for him, but spend not, the night. Yeah, with him. she had to spend the night with him because she kind of fell for him at that one date. Yeah. Yes, but the key word there is spent the night in nothing. They did not sleep together. Well, they debated how to end it when they woke up, and they decided to keep it with their clothes on because technically it wasn't in the story that they ever actually slept together. Well, I thought they made it clear they didn't sleep together because she said, oh, why weren't you this affectionate last night? You just fell asleep. Right. Oh, yeah. And that was a play off of Bill Murray, actually, his, uh, I guess, his first wife, when she drank so much at the wedding that she fell asleep on him. <laughs> And he reprised that when he was saying all those nice things to her as she was falling asleep. That's funny. That's um, so cute. But it did, it did bring up that, that line of, uh, how did he say it? Um, uh, t- today it's tomorrow or whatever. However, right, you know. right. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe yeah. it. I mean, was, there was a lot, like, kind of, I thought, even though it's February, sort of referencing a Christmas Carol and yeah. just, you know, when he wakes up and he realizes he's back in his own life and time period, he's like yeah. all joyous. Yeah. Like that's kind of what that reminded me of. Yeah. And of note, Bill Murray literally played the Christmas Carol in Scrooged. It, yeah. Oh. It, that's, I feel like that's not a coincidence. Like they kind oh, of already yeah. saw him probably in that role. You yeah. Know, like it's, it's snowing out and he's like, oh, that makes sense. It makes it's sense. Christmas. That's Christmas. The other yeah. movie worth pointing out is that there was a, an element of uh, It's a Wonderful Life to this movie. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Including so, where the snow, snow falls when that starts the transition from moving back into real time. And yeah. that happened, they did that in Family Man as well. They did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when the snow fell, it was basically uh, his time to go back to his old life. And, and as, yeah, because he goes, he's buying salt because uh, he has to ice, yeah. And as Frank I mean, Capra, family man. you'll like it. We'll yeah. do it. And do it. As F- Frank Capra said about it, the director of it's a, of a Wonderful Life. 
Yes. He said, there's more in that movie than we put in there. And, and that's I true. That Harold Ramis hit, hit his high point with this same movie in the same way. Well, yeah. you know, I had a really great high school English teacher say this. Once an author, and it, I mean, again, I make, keep making comparisons, but books, movies, yeah. very similar art. Um, once an author finishes a book and they put it out into the universe, it's not theirs anymore. No, that's what people people make can it. take People can take from it what they want, even if it wasn't intended yeah. when they wrote the book. It might have yes. been subconscious. It might have been... But, it's it's not theirs anymore. And I think even especially so with movies, because even before someone even before it reaches the audience, like you have the directors, you have the actors, yeah. like once someone writes a screenplay and passes it out, it's not theirs anymore. Right. It's it's a lot of different artistic But it does the ending did have me have did I did have the same feelings watching that last scene as I did like with A Wonderful Life. Yes. And with A Christmas Carol. Yes. Very um, similar. Like, like I mean, even though it was in February, it did have that kind of Christmassy Christmas vibe, yeah, and he he opens the window and he sees people are walking to to, yeah. the, to what is it, Goblin Knob? Gobbler's Knob. Gobbler's and it's such knob. it's such an inter- it's such yeah. an effective thing because you really it's, don't know it's repeating. Yeah. And then when he goes and he sees that there's no snow on the ground, he's like, yeah. "Wait, what?" And it's um, it's really. I mean, it's 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 kind of beautiful. Yeah. It was like a really beautiful way to end it, the but it was quick. Was, it was quick. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Let's move here. When, <laughs> yeah. when they ended, uh, he he lifted her over the gate and stepped over himself because the gate was stuck. Oh. oh. He pulled, pulled, he was frozen. Oh. oh. Like he was stuck. The gate would not oh, open. Like, like he was frozen stuck. He was like the way he was stuck. Well, I don't know. It was just, it just happened. It was. A, oh, it you know, just happened. Oh. The game was actually stuck. Back, back, back to what you were saying about once, once you do something and you release it to the universe, Rob Lowe and his book, Stories I Only Tell My Friends. I love Rob Lowe. Of course, it's ironic because obviously these uh, stories are being now released yeah. to anyone who buys it's the book. Good title. It's a good title. Um, he said, you know, when he was uh, in The Outsiders, with Francis Ford Coppola, who had already done The Godfather. Yeah. He, yeah. he waited for the right time to ask him about the movie, because it's so iconic. So it was like a party, you know, they were drinking, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, you know, Francis, he said, you know, um, tell me about The Godfather, whatever. And Francis Ford Coppola said, you see that lamp over there? He goes, The Godfather means as much to me as that lamp. It's, it's just, it's somebody else's. Yeah, wow. it's it's poignant. It I mean, it's true though. But that must feel so. I mean, but to other people, like it means so much to them. Like yes. people like live their life around it. But to know that you gave that to someone, yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful. It's like yeah, yeah it's no longer his. But then he gave that to people. Which, like, speaking I, of that, this is an awesome creative outlet for YouTube. By the way, I just want to throw that in there. Oh, oh thank, thank you. you. Yeah, we're trying thank to continue. You. you know, quarantine and yeah. It's definitely a little trickier with residency. I don't think we did a great job with the two-week yeah, thing, but we no, tried. But, but I mean, uh, to be honest, <laughs> like I, I don't know, Dad, if I have a friend that this would be better to do with. Oh, Mary! No, I mean, seriously. Like, we both like to think about, you know, movies and analyze things to death, and that's, yeah. not, that's not everyone's. Some people just like to watch the movie, and then that's it. That's it, yeah. Like, you know. I and, and there's actually a lot of people <laughs> who are just talking about this. There's a lot of people that don't enjoy movies, period, even though they're, yeah, they're only I made to enjoy them. No. Yeah. Some people like work watching a movie. It's not their yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's not work. It's turning your brain off in a way. I, yeah. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's, it's hard to be an artist for that reason. 
because yeah. it's like whenever I do anything artistic, it's purely for me to have, but then to go out there. And it's a very give vulnerable to place to be because people can criticize it and yeah. they can inter- misinterpret it yeah. in your opinion. You know, it's yeah. it's tough. It's it's really hard. Um, okay, so let's talk about I mean, this is, we kind of already we touched kind of already on this, talked, yeah. but it's, it's, this is a little bit meta, another meta, but Groundhog Day, does it, does it withstand the test of time? I think the fact that it's Absolutely. from 1993, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the yeah. fact that it's from 1993, we're talking about on this podcast yeah. in 2020. And it's, and it still feels relevant. And it still feels so and relevant. And nothing really happens in the movie. The filmmakers, this is some trivia that I read, they didn't want any references in the 90s. Because you watch something like, you know, Karate Kid and they, they have like some slogan, I forget what it was, but it's just like nothing like an 80s, it just immediately takes you out of it. Yeah. And the only way really you can tell is just the style. Yeah, even the clothing's not that it's bad. Not that it's bad. not that trendy. Like, so, Andy McDowell still has that hair. Andy McDowell could still wear all of her clothes. Yeah. And even something where like he's on the payphone and he gets hit in the head with the shovel, remember that scene? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's trying to get help or whatever. But even something like a payphone, it doesn't knock you over the head how old it is. Yeah. Somehow yeah. you accept it in that scenario. No, you yeah. do. You do. Because I, you're in this, like, small town. Yeah. You can't get cell reception. That's what I thought, too. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah you can justify it easily. I, I would agree. I mean, yeah, so nothing really is timeless. The aesthetic is timeless. And then also the message and the, you know, the performances, nothing yeah. about it is aged. It's just interesting yeah. you're talking about this movie standing the test of time when it's this movie about the stuff in this time loop. Right? Yeah. They, did everything like, yeah. they, they did everything they could to make it, it timeless. So that, like, yeah, if he was stuck, if he was stuck in that day for 10 years, yeah, that mean, that would have taken it from 93 to 2003. He wouldn't even be close to now. I mean, here's the crazy thing. What I read was they didn't realize this was going to actually stand the test of time. They thought they were just making, like, another entertaining movie. Yeah. Like, I'm sure Harold Ramis, you know, worked very hard on it, but it, it wasn't like they thought we'd be talking about it 25 years later. Mm-hmm. On our right. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't, they, they, I'm, sure they, I'm sure they weren't designing it once they expecting it to be on a rom-com podcast. No way. No it's way. ascended to this level. Podcast, podcast, we're not even a twinkle in Harold Ramis' Here's Harold Ramis. Um, you've made it. You've you know you've made it now. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that's. Amazing. But I mean, but then that tells you that to me, what like the lesson I take away from that is, if you just try, especially when it comes to like art or craft, mm-hmm. when you, like the moral of the story is when you just put something out there purely <clears throat> for the quality of it, not mm-hmm. with any intention of trying to win an Oscar. Or trying to, you yeah, know, I bet this didn't win any Oscars. No. I mean, or like, have, or like trying to win any awards. Do not usually get the, the, no. the Oscars, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's Or just like sure. anything generally. Like it sounds like he just wanted, he had this idea yes. and wanted to make it happen in the best way possible. Cared about the quality of it, but there wasn't any like intentions behind it other than. This is something yeah. I really want to see materialize. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be an entertaining, fun yeah, film. fun film. And then now, it's it's become this icon, and it, it feels that it, it it feels like when you just put your heart and soul into a craft purely for like for like pure reasons, just mm-hmm. for the sake of it, then that's when you get something really valuable like this yes. movie. Yes, yeah, so uh, that was like my takeaway. No, pure-hearted intentions. I agree. And yeah, I don't think we, we kind of already talked about this, but like, obviously it's remakeable. So many so remakeable. have copied this formula and it's not really dated. It's it's ahead of its time or it's very of any time. It kind of works. 
Um, so yeah, I, mean, I think those are like slam dunks, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I guess we can, we'll end the episode talking about like any lingering feelings, yeah, anything we didn't anything discuss. we didn't cover. Um, and dad, you know, if you want to think about it, I definitely have a few lines, just like favorite lines that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Uh, well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today when he was yeah. talking. Yeah. <laughs> that, actually, that whole scene with the long distance lines being repaired and then like him calling out, and they're like, oh, you know, you're either going to die here or you're going to have to go inside. And he's like, I'm thinking, you know. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, you don't have any long distance lines? Like, what about for celebrities or like people in emergencies? I'm both. I'm a celebrity and a emergency. Yeah, that was a great line. <laughs> That's a great line. The God, maybe God is an omnipotent. He's just been yeah, around for so long. So he knows good. everything. We've already done that. When she says, oh, maybe it's not a curse. It just depends on how you look at it. He says, gosh, you're an upbeat lady. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you put a positive spin on that? But I can't, I also can't help the whole, the, so the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm also thinking about the Mindy Project where she oh, does really the like episode. I, I love that episode. That well. And then there's this part where she, she keeps going up to Morgan to tell him. And then on like, I think like one mm -hmm. of the days she goes up to him. It's a town. She goes, Morgan, you won't believe what's happening. And he turns around and he goes, you're having a groundhog day. <laughs> and she's like, how do you know? He goes, I saw you finish a crossword puzzle. <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> that's so sweet. I saw you finish a crossword puzzle. <laughs> Um, and then I just love like how he keeps kind of referencing the repeats. So he says, you know, on the second day when he's still kind of absorbing things, well, it's Groundhog Day again. <laughs> and then like that other report where he's like, there's no way that this winter is ever going to end. <laughs> I feel like, does he like eventually just give up showing up for the Groundhog? He does. I think he, he, he just stops, stops going. Yeah, he stops, he stops, he does that report maybe three times. Yeah. yeah. He does that. Yeah. He, he, that's like the first thing to go. Yeah. Like he's, like, he's like, oh, he the stay that has like no you consequences. This. He's like, I already did record it twice. Like, yeah. I did my job. When he's like, when he realizes that there's no consequences for anything, there's no consequences that's the for first anything. thing. And that's the first I think thing. They captured a lot of the like, you know, pathos of, you know, he says to the guys in the bowling alley, what would you feel like if you were stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same and nothing you did mattered? And one of the bums says, well, yeah, it kind of sums it up for me. Yeah, it's a good line. What about you, Dad? Any lines we didn't touch on that you well, loved? Just to go back to what you were saying about the I'm thinking, that was a, uh, a, a play off of the old Jack Benny. He was a, you know, comedian. Okay, I didn't uh, realize that. It was a, a and, uh, and the way that they set it up and it, that he polished it to perfection was he was being robbed by you know the robber said to him your money or your life mm -hmm. and jack benny paused and then said i'm thinking <laughs> he was a, a tightwad it was part of his already his character yeah, That's funny. and and they sort of i thought that they you know were kind of what they, i don't think they were quote unquote stealing it as much as uh, uh, homage, right? Because that was the bridge where they were was Waukegan, Illinois, which is where Jack Benny was from. Mm. So it was a little bit of a, a little bit of that to it. But but I, I although it worked for you, Mary, to me having compared it to the original, it it was it I, it was more that it fell slightly short. I thought. Yeah, because you, you know, made still, the reference point. But, but it yeah. still was clever. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about how like this that's, movie that's, true. that's like, a now... lot of things i watch with my dad like 
I remember we watched Lizzie McGuire. My dad was like, this isn't funny. This is all recycled material. But as a kid watching the Disney Channel, yeah. it is totally fresh yeah. to you. don't know Cheers. You don't know yeah. any of that stuff. I mean, yeah, everything on the Disney Channel is recycled crap. <laughs> they can't watch it without getting a migraine. That's Sally. That's Sally. <laughs> that's Sally. I like the Disney Channel. Uh, <laughs> uh, not now, but when we grew up, it was so, I was just like, well, because I didn't grow up with cable, and then I'd watch like, PBS, actually, yeah, yeah and I, like, that's how I watched the Westerns with my dad, because they'd, like, come on PBS and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and then I'd go over no my friend's house, and I'd be like, what the hell is this crap? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, As a quick digression, Helia, what's your favorite Western? Oh, I don't know. So this is a more new one. But I really like, did you see Godless on Netflix? No. No, it's a mini series. So it's not a classic. Um, oh, oh, but if I was to think of a classic, I really liked, um, shoot, 310 to Yuma. Oh, yeah. 310 to um, Yuma is really good. Was that the Glenn Ford version or the Russell Crowe version? I like Russell Crowe. I'm. I. I can't help it. You love Russell Crowe. I do love I, Russell Crowe. I, I knew that. Yeah. No, that was that. That was a great. It built tension the whole way through. Yeah. So was there any- to Yuma. I don't know if I've seen the Glenn Crowe one. Uh, Glenn Ford. Yeah. Glenn Crowe. Yeah, Glenn Ford. <laughs> oh my God! Can you tell? Like, it's, it's like it's like it's like two hours after my bedtime. Yeah, this is late for us. So was there no, I appreciate you guys staying up. Oh, thank you, you, too. Yeah, you too. Yeah, listeners, we are all staying up. We're all staying, staying up, up for you because we were like, we cannot <laughs> put on. I mean, it's been it's been itching for a while. But in a way, I'm glad we waited because we had time to let these yeah. thoughts percolate and come up with things yeah. to say. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. I feel like I've absorbed the movie a little bit more than I yeah. would. Have. I mean, now I almost want to go back and watch it Me again too. with everything that like Tom you ta- told Wait, yeah, us. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about, Dad, before we get to lingering questions? No, no. Let's uh, we'll go to lingering. Okay. Let, okay. Let's linger. Okay. Linger. So, linger. There's a song about this lingering. Oh, cranberries. Cranberries. I say, do, do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? Yeah, we used to play that on night float. We talk about it like in reference to the people during the day, all the tasks they'd sign oh. up to us. It's like, why do you want to linger? <laughs> but yeah. Oh, the big thing on Vassy was don't get a PT console. Oh, gosh. If you get a PT console, patients ain't never going home. <laughs> they're never going home because they're going to recommend SAR. And then that takes forever. And then you got yourself. Oh. Oh, my God. So, okay, we kind of already talked about what it, you know, why did Phil get out on the day he did and like, you know, the redemption with Rita. I don't think we need to rehash that. If this could be any day for you guys, which day would you choose to relive over and over again? Oh, man. Yeah. So that's tough because you don't want to pick. You want to pick something that you're not going to die. Not, yeah, because I, I would want to pick my best day ever. Because yeah, like, if I can pick my best day ever, that. it's still not, yeah. I wouldn't want to relive that day because I'd want to change it up and then I don't yeah, want to change don't, up my I don't know that there is an answer. I just, I wanted to see if anyone had oh. something that came to mind. I, I, don't I, did, I don't have an answer to that question. Well, that's a great question. Somebody yeah. else also brought up this question. They would have liked to have seen what uh, Phil Connor or the Bill Murray character would have been like if he had to live one more day longer where he no longer now he was living it fresh. He didn't have it down pat from all those years yeah. of Groundhog Day. Right, right. And it almost like the effect would be coming institutionalized. 
Yeah. Yeah, probably. And I thought I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. You know, what would he be yeah. like the next day? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And again, it's it's kind of an answerable question because your first instinct, like you said, would be to do the best day, but that's probably not the best day that because we live. Because then it's then you end up hating that day. Yeah. I guess you know what though this isn't this isn't answering the question. So today, Mary and I were looking at wedding dresses. And for, you. for me, congratulations yeah. again. Thank congratulations. You. Thank you. Um, and it was actually, it was really hard because we narrowed it down and I kept thinking about like the wedding day and I was thinking about how much, like I, I kept in my mind envisioning like a sliding door scenario where it was like repeating the day, Mm -hmm. but then in a different dress and like wondering how different things would be. Cause you never, it's like, you know, butterfly flaps its wing and a tsunami happens. I was just like, I was like, what if the decision I make. You flap your dress. Yeah, you flap my dress. (laughs) And then it's like a different thing. And I I just was like having these like very like visions of like a sliding door based off the decision I made today. I mean, Um, it doesn't really answer your question, but no. it's a little bit like thinking about time. No, I mean, it, 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 it's more, I guess, meant to be thought-provoking. I didn't necessarily think, I don't have an answer either. Um, maybe just one of the days where we were in quarantine. Yeah. Honestly, just like one of those days. Yeah, where you're maybe like, me too, but with my family or something. Yeah, where you're just like, I was just sitting there waiting. I mean, we are, like, we are in a groundhog day in a we way. We are. I think it like when I was when the when it was like really peak in the northeast in like New York, mm-hmm. and there was like a couple of days where I was just doing the same thing. I was like, wake up, have breakfast, watch TV, be a slob, whatever. <laughs> and then eventually, I just had to just think like I have to like this is once yeah. it dawned on me that this was going to go on for more than well, a week. It was week, a weird time for you because I thought it was just going to be a week. Well, no, it was a weird time for you for quarantine because it also coincided with the most free you ever are in your life which yeah. is the time between med school and yeah. residency. I was so it. free. So like you're already have all the time in the world and then it's like wow I have the time in the world. And I, I was supposed to go travel. We were supposed to go on a trip in March. Yeah. We didn't do that. We had yeah. a whole, I had a whole ton of plans. Nothing. Suddenly I had like the first time I left just like three months free. Well this actually and after a few, Well after a few days I was actually thinking like all right I have to start doing something well, then, with my day. You actually and then we started this podcast. So yeah yeah then we, we know, started this podcast. <laughs> we, we know the answer to this. But what would you guys do if this happened to you and you had all the time in the world to, to do whatever you wanted? We started the podcast. But what would you do? I, I think I would probably eventually get to a point where I get bored and I would learn a new skill. I don't think it would be piano, but the, I probably want to master something that I wouldn't have I was have thinking time to about do. that too. Like, like a language or something. Like a language, like the way he got so good at piano. Yeah. yeah like well, I'd want I mean, to, I, like, I would want to work on mastering something. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. We all had birthdays, you know, actually, yeah, we all had birthdays in quarantine. Yeah. Um, what would you no, my birthday you? snuck in right before quarantine. Oh, fourth, that's right. Yeah. Literally weeks. But my dad, I, my dad's May, I was July. Um, let's say there's no birthdays and you're not getting older and time stops. What would you do, dad? You had all the time in the world. Would you read? Would you listen to music? I, I well, my first answer would be I'd keep on the same path that I am on for the various things that I do and to hope to keep improving. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I could run, like, imagine, like, I always say, oh, yeah. how fast do I think I ran every day? Yeah. I could actually do that and see. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd want to, I'd want to read a lot, I think. I'd want to read, I I read all the like, classics. I'd want to read a lot because I feel like there's so much knowledge in the world. And, and you don't really have the time, other than college, this is why college is yeah. so great, because you just, there's no other time where you just have all the time in the world to learn and think. 
and I think that's what I want to do is just like learn. Mm -hmm. I always want, maybe that's why we're like in careers that we're basically forever students. Yeah. And I think yeah, it'd, be, yeah. it'd be very, and it'd be very lonely if this happened and there was nobody yeah. you could kind of convince until yeah. you did convince them and then you have to convince them all yeah. over again the next day. Yeah, Mindy, Mindy, in the Mindy project, she got off easy because Morgan, um, Morgan knew and then he, then when she she actually had a, when her moment of redemption was very similar to this one where she just like had to be a good person and mm -hmm. recognize that this guy was a good guy, um, but then it's funny because then the day moves on and then Morgan's like what the what the hell like I committed all these crimes. <laughs> That's funny. I committed all these crimes. Yeah, he like did something because I did all these the crazy things. things. Because I thought we were in a Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> it was Groundhog Day immunity. Yeah. Uh, anything else in terms of lingering questions that you guys had or just any thoughts that we didn't totally explore, kind of glossed over? I mean, I guess, do you think Phil's, like, do you think the effect that Groundhog Day had on Phil ends up lasting? Or do you think he goes yeah, back to his old good ways? good question. I mean, I think... Because it took him so long to get there, I don't think it can be undid in a day. And I think he's still not a perfect human, and that's okay. Like, he doesn't have to Reagan the rest of his life. But in 30, that's a joke. In 30 Rock, they call it Reaganing when Jack Donahue has a perfect week. Oh, really? He, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm Reaganing this week because he just like, has 30 <laughs> Rock. So, like, he's not going to Reagan for the rest of his life. But I think that, yeah, like, he changed for the better, and I think he changed for good. Yeah, I do. Because he has Rita and that, like he has to be worthy of her. And I think that's, you know, a partner that's going to bring him up and not yeah. kind of make him kind of stuck in his old ways. Yeah. I don't I know. I, I want to be optimistic about it too. No, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you guys. But that that is a very creative question, by the way. It's a, it's an interesting question. Hey. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing we might want to touch on, which is related but tangential, is Bill Murray's persona of occasionally popping up at various functions it's on the yeah. internet like so I, oh, I yeah. heard about this someone someone and he, he'll, he'll like he'll like take your finds be like no one will believe yes. you <laughs> someone, he that's the, yeah that's the line he always at a diner he took a bite of their sandwich and said no one will ever believe you and just walked off yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and i think um, he, yeah, his persona is kind of always the same even though he's different characters he's always slightly eliza slightly snarky smarter than everyone in the room like that's always his shtick mm -hmm. yeah i love that he's like also has these like random cameos like he shows up yes. in zombie land but as himself oh i haven't seen zombie land oh it's so good and then one of the woody harrelson's character goes like it's bill fucking <laughs> it's so good and then he like shows up as did, well all the cast members um from the original Ghostbusters do. Um, he was himself in Space Jam too, I think. Yeah, yeah, he he's was himself like in Space Jam. Guy, like hanging out with Michael Jordan. And he's, um, but it, what was the one? Yeah, in Ghostbusters, he's like, he, he plays a denier, like telling that these ghosts, these Ghostbusters are fake. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's yeah. getting killed by a ghost. I love how he just like inserts himself into these. That's why I didn't know he did that. That's funny yeah. though. He just has all these fun cameos. Uh, he crashed a college party and ended up washing the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think this is just like, he, he's probably living his like own Groundhog Day now because he's just like, okay, like I've made my career. What do I do yeah. now for fun? Yeah. Uh, my favorite was where he uh, had a long cab ride in California. 
like an hour cab ride and he got to talking to the cabbie and he, you know, what are your interests? And he says, saxophone, but he says, I don't have time. You know, I'm driving the cab. And Bill Murray said, pull over, or he oh, asked no. saxophone. He said, it's in the trunk. And Bill Murray said, pull over. And they switched off and Bill Murray drove and he played the sax the rest wow. of the night. And Bill Murray said, I can drive. And it turned out I was a very good sax player. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, I love that story. Um, one, of his, one of his earlier actresses that played with him in uh, Stripes said that Bill Murray had created a public character for himself. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I mean, that's his persona. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I at what point, and that's kind of, I mean, yeah, that's I like top, you're basically making a sacrifice. What Stripes? Saint, did you say St. Anselm? Is that what you said? No, uh, I said, a woman, an actress from Stripes was one who said that, but it created a Oh, oh, yeah, I thought there was a movie. Oh, maybe it was St. Vincent. I thought there was a St. Oh, St. Vincent was really good. Was that him? Yeah, he was right. in St. Vincent. That was very good. That was a very Bill Murray character, too. I mean, he's just like this icon. Yeah, so I think but, we're all Bill Murray fans. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, to yeah. be able to do it, to create this, like, social persona, you're essentially sacrificing yourself. Yeah, I mean, you always have to be some kind of version of that, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. It's a little bit of, like, the opposite of what we talked about with, like, Julia Roberts and Notting Hill. Yeah, and, like, you people know? that are celebrities that are so private, you have no idea what they're like. For him, he kind of just, just like, all right, this is my life. Yeah, I and mean, I think if he didn't play the same person over and over again, it would actually be detrimental. There's a yeah. lot of, especially now with, like, social media and being able to get to know people so well, a lot of the stars are purposely private because they're, like, I want to play a role and I want you to project whatever you can onto that. Yeah. I don't want you to think of me as like, you know, how I am yeah. on Letterman or whatever. Maybe this is just who he is. Yeah. Well, speaking he of that, he's, he's unique in the sense that he doesn't have an agent. Basically, oh, well, he has that. a cell phone, it's not available to anyone. He has an 800 number that very, that very few people even know the number. It's hard to get the 800 number. And if you want to have him in a project, you have to call the 800 number, leave a yeah. message, and maybe he'll get back to you. How does wow. he not have an agent? Oh my god. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, he probably makes that he makes me so much money. Which is probably why he has that. like that's probably why he has all this time to like go crash college parties and do their dishes. <laughs> that's funny. And the yeah. big dishes. Oh, well, thank you so much, Tom. Yeah, big shout out, Dad. Thank you for being our number one fan. This was, I think this is a really extra special episode. It we is. had, I, we had some legit digressions. But, what did you think? We had, we had some meta-analysis, some existential crises. Yeah, philosophical, religion, I and mean, what did we not touch on? Is a better Yeah, question. Groundhog Day just completely blew my mind. Yeah, it was really good, and uh, I liked it more than I thought. And I let me tell you, 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 the two of you combined were just like this wealth of truth. Trivia. That was we amazing. Both, we both like trivia. That was, I mean, my dad, my dad, my dad seemed to know slightly more than I did. You, stuff, you so. know, I was like, all right, he went beyond IMDb trivia. Yeah, because um, I read IMDb. Yeah, you, you were. I read IMDb. I said, yeah. You were, you were not just stuck on IMDb trivia. Yeah, you dad were, did some deep cuts. Yeah, 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 I did some legit <laughs> research. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, Dad, Thank you. I, I'm proud of you. And I, of course, love Mary so much. So this was, this oh, was great to, you. like I said, be in the show instead of just watching the show from the outside. So well, really so if you're you, you can listen to this episode when I upload yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you again so much for being on. I um, hope you come on the show again. I'm, I'm here whenever you just call my I'm 800 number. turning you on to rom-coms. Yeah. <laughs> This just, is actually just all. Go ahead. 
This has all been a this has been a long con for by me to be in the wrong <laughs> time. So that's gonna work. <laughs> This is actually a sting operation. <laughs> there you go. Another good movie, The Sting. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thank you again. Thank you to our fans for waiting. I yes. know it's been a while for this episode, yes. but hopefully it was worth it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.